here. It's chaos. Rocky, you went the distance. You went the 15 rounds. How do you feel? All right, I'm sorry. What are you thinking about when that buzzer sound uh, for that one? What do you think about when the 15th round when you're coming out? Adrian! Rocky. Rocky. Hello, humans. Welcome to the M Word, the Manx Sports Podcast, brought to you by Martin. That's me. And Matt. That's him. Hi, Matt. Martin. Intro clip. No, yeah, let's come on to that. Okay. Let's thank Billboard's our sponsor. Uh, digital advertising around the Isle of Man. If you want to get your brand out there, whether it's your boxing club or your painting business or your marketing business, they're the guys to go and chat to. Uh, they're, they're really good to us. And here's the wife coming in as well. To, to Hello. Yeah, but that's all right. All right, okay, I'll give you a ring when we're done. All right, bye. <laughs> Just crack on, it's fine. Uh, that's the wife going out now. Uh, so, yeah, go and visit billboards.im and they can uh, they can tell you where my wife is. <laughs> awesome stuff. Yeah, great. Uh, so, intro clip, Rocky, yeah. obviously, yeah. he wouldn't know that. Obviously, in honour of our guest today, uh, Danny and Peter, thanks for coming down, father-son. No problem. Uh, maybe just to get you got to get to know you guys first before we dig into sort of backgrounds and, and the sport. So just a, uh, it's well, pick one or the other. So we'll go. We'll go with the uh, father first. Mayweather or Pacquiao? Uh, Pacquiao on his day, I think. I think Mayweather's had a bit of an easy ride sometimes. Mayweather. Right. Uh, defense or offense boxing? Uh, offensive for me. Defense. <sighs> Clash. Heavyweight, lightweight. Lightweights. Uh, Ali or Tyson? Ali every day. Tyson. Oh, going to end up in a fight in here. <laughs> Eubank or Ben? Eubank, technically. Yeah, Eubank. Yeah, Eubank was yeah. class, wasn't he? Yeah. Uppercut or Haymaker? Oh, it's got to be Uppercut. Uppercut. <laughs> and then the final one, the favourite Rocky film? One. First one? Yeah, that's the first one. What about the one with uh, the Russian? Still, the four? Yeah. I'm yeah, still, he's not even watched them. We should kick him out of the room. We should kick out of the room. So yeah, that's that done. Oh, thanks. Uh, great. So, thanks for joining us. So let's start with the uh, with you, Peter, if that's okay. Yeah, no problem. Are you a um, come over, Manx, 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 or Manx is the hills? Born in Liverpool, but uh, I think I'm Manx now. Right. When did you come over here? When, we were, when I was a baby, actually. All oh, right. Okay. Two or three. I think. Folks, bring you over, I assume. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Mum's Irish. <laughs> okay. So what brought them here? Sorry. What brought them to the island? Uh, my mum's working here. My dad. My mum's working in the um, hotel industry. Okay. As a in the, in the hotel industry from Dublin, and my mum and dad met here. Dad's right. Manx. Right. And then we just came here. They went to Liverpool. I was born in Liverpool. They went back to Dublin for a year or so, then settled over here. Still got quite a strong Scouse accent. Bear in mind, you've been here a lot. Well, fairly strong. That from the folks, I assume, just picked that up. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. We like scouts. Yeah. We like scouts. Uh, so schooling then, obviously here. Whereabouts yes. were you schooling on the yeah, island? Balakamine, Fairfield. Went through Balakamine. Right, so Douglas boy. School, yeah. Right, okay. And your first interaction with sport. What age was that? I was ten. Right. Went in the boxing club when I was ten. Right. I was boxed. Actually, didn't couldn't box till you were twelve then. Right. So I was in and out. When I was ten, eleven, and then. Uh, what took you to boxing? I just had nothing to do. I was always in trouble, mate. Right. I was in trouble with uh, <laughs> not on the right side of the law. So, but so that was. Go and burn some energy yeah, off over here, yeah, type of thing. Just one of the lads at school one day said, "No, I'm going. I'm going boxing tonight." So I've heard about people going down, so I went down with them and just right. loved it when I got down there. Right? Because not a lot. It's different now with kids Xbox games and things going on. There wasn't that when we were when we were kids. There wasn't a lot to do. Yeah, yeah. So boxing was a great outlet for me. 
brilliant. Just loved it. And what, what, what gave that love initially? What can you just put your finger on? Interacting with just, other people and right. just the challenge. Right. Just I was very small as a kid. You see, only small now. I was very small as a kid. It was always, it was always a, a battle for me sometimes at school. Okay. And I thought, you know, that boxing just, you know, I thought, well, this is great. This stuff, you know, you learn to defend yourself and and get involved. And and the, and the people that went with me were great, great people. So I assume, obviously. Now, when you first go to a boxing gym at a ten-year-old, it's probably a lot different to back then, totally. is it? Yeah, totally different. So what now. was it like back then? It was a little bit rough and ready then. Right. It was every man for himself, really. Right. Um, the, the the good boxers got looked after, and the sort of us running around just trying to. Well, we learned more off them, watching them spar and train, and how they applied themselves than we actually did off the coaches. Right. And no disrespect to the coaches, them days they weren't as educated the coaches are in these days. You know, yeah, yeah. courses and that there over there they just they just to be fair they just they help they they open the gym help you out and they're there all the time and they were good I mean Joe Dorr was brilliant for us he was excellent Joe yeah. and um you know he looked after the kids there and we just we, we become a really good little bit of a family down there at the yeah. end. some stayed and some didn't but I presume for you to stick around you wanted to learn the sport if yeah, there's no yeah, one there yeah. kind of telling That's you it. what to do you no just... no it was and then, and obviously the better you got and everyone, the prize was boxing at the Lido that was the prize oh, everyone right. wanted to box at the Lido Fantastic! It used to be packed out. All oh, right, okay. Oh, I didn't know they used to do boxing there. Oh, we couldn't fill it out. Right, and that was your prize. And we used to go and watch it before we actually competed there, and you'd see what they were like backstage and on the other side. The families going, everyone was talking about it all week. The boxing at the line, or you couldn't get in. Right, it was absolutely chocker. Two or three thousand people would get in there. Uh, was that just local based fighters or at that stage because it was, was popular? I it guess was holiday popular, holiday place. Te- quite a big team at the time. The same right. thirteen, fourteen regular local boxers. And then they boxed most, be most of Liverpool then, because it was the Northwest Counties at the time, and uh, the ferries were quite regular. Right. So it'd be um, it'd be a massive occasion. People right. be talking about it a month before it happened, and then I'm talking about months after it happened, and to go there to be part of it, to go there just starting off as a kid, looking at. I was in the change rooms. I used to, um, the Gilmans, George Gilman, that George, he's a bit of a hero of mine. George, he'd fight everybody's Irishman. Right. And I used to, he's trained like a lunatic. He's watching train. I think that's unbelievable. How can somebody do that? Go for a run, then go on the bag, and then go. I thought that's brilliant. I used to yeah. watch him and used to look up to him. And then when he used to box, he just he 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 had the place in uproar. Right. Never ever in, a, in an easy fight. I used to love being. In a, you know, I was in the in the change room when he went in and come back and he used to come out battered and bruised and all that. And I think that's brilliant. That you know, and the people cheering from that, just seeing the adulation he used to get. I think that's you know, I'd like something. That's of that. what you inspired to do. That, that's what brought me on a little bit. Yeah. And during those ages of kind of, I guess 13, 14, 15, when you. Do you fight like in rings, or is it all just training at that stage, building up? At that, uh, uh, back then, when we were talking no, about schoolboys, but you would have yeah, schoolboy yeah. fights. Well, there was plenty of sparring then. Right. Like I said, it wasn't as structured as it is now. Right. It some coaches and gyms won't spar lads until they're ready, and I agree with that. To be fair, you can't just throw them in because you get some good lad potentially who could be a potential champion for you, and he'd lose them because he'd spar and get whacked or hurt or something by not being getting looked after. Right. But then it wasn't like that. Or you go in against him and he gets big lads against little lads and last man standing and all that. And it, okay. And it happened, you know, and. and you know, we did a lot of the weaker say, but maybe some better ones got weeded out, and you know, maybe the coaching wasn't the best then. But yeah, and then it was just I thought this was great. This and you spot regular, you spot right. two, three times a week. And would it be typically? Appreciate people grow at different ages. Yeah. your age would be your it age. Would be an age group. Yeah, you wouldn't box but, anybody. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you box like that anyway. There's, right. there's, you couldn't. You'd never box anybody. The rules are you can never box anybody twelve months older than you. Know, oh right, okay. That's the rules. Right. There's two, three things in boxing, and it's always been the same: age, weight, experience. But within the same age. 
same weight and the same experience. Right, okay. Like a, a brand new boxer walking in the gym couldn't box somebody who had 25 fights and won them all. Right. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah, right, okay. And the coaches, it's up to the coaches to put that into perspective. And, and do you remember it. your first time in the ring fighting? Oh, I terrified. Yeah, really? Absolutely bottled. Where was that? It was at Lido. Right. Yeah, what age were you? I was 12. Right, wow. 11. So, so in front... I used the word warm up fight, but the earlier fights, I assume, but the place is still packed. I assume, yeah, is yeah. It? Well, so I was like first on, I think. Right. It was, it was, I was one of the younger schoolboys there, and um, I remember it the whole day I couldn't eat properly. I, was, I, was, I was like, I need energy. I'm not fit enough. You'll question yourself about this. And when you get in there, and the crowds there, you think, Whoa, what have I let myself in for here? Head guards, uh, I assume. No. Really? They weren't wow. compulsory then. Wow. My first trophy, wait for it, is the 1979-1980 season. Right. So it was, it was, the, it was 1980, yeah, I think, yeah. 81, and yeah, end of 80, and that was my first trophy. It says 1980, 1979, 1980 um, season. Right. But um, so, so I'm interested to know then, at that age, say at 12, yeah. obviously later in boxing it goes in, you end up in, in weight categories. Yeah. At that age, can you tell where somebody's going to, category they're going to move into? Purely by this look of the size of the child, yeah. I guess. Now you can. Now with a coach's eye, I can. Right. But then you wouldn't. You yeah, wouldn't they're know. just all 12. It's different now because everyone has the same different building body mechanisms yeah, and how yeah. they grow and that there. And you'll see someone's going to be a small lightweight or someone's going to fill out. Seeing that, we've had lads who come in, they've been little chubby kids coming in, and two or three years later, they're six foot two. Right. Probably not much different weight than them. Right. So it does change, especially now. I see it now drastically. Yeah. Our boxes change. And do that first, you mentioned a dwell on your first loss, was yeah. it? Did, oh, obviously, yeah. that didn't put you no, on a damn wrong thing. Well, I, well you self analyze, don't you, yourself? And even then, at a younger age, I thought, oh, I don't know what to do wrong. I ran, out, I ran out of steam. Right. I just completely ran out of steam. What were the fight lengths back then? Uh, three two minute rounds. Well, for me, it was three one minute rounds or three one and a half. Right, right. Three one minute rounds. And um, I had nothing left in the second round. Right. I couldn't go any further. Just, I, because I, when I, and when Joe said, he said, Oh, you, you did too much. I just wouldn't stop punching, oh, throwing right, punches. Yeah, and I couldn't get my breath back, and I, so then you start thinking, right? You know, you, you sort of analyze yourself, and then and then uh, now what I've got to do is settle down a little bit. And, and how did that progress then through? Up to it was good to be fair. I lost about four or five on the row when I first started, right. and it just gives you that little bit of a bite. I thought, no, I'll get one when I got my first win. I got my first win in Liverpool, funny right. enough. And there was all mobile phones at the time, and I ran across the road to, to ring my mum to tell her I won, and he got knocked over. <laughs> I had my shorts on and uh, my bandages still on right across the road. <laughs> it's a place called the Coconut Grove in Tunbrook right. in Liverpool. My first win. So what have you been then? 12 was around? To, I presume you found oh, 12 fairly yeah. regularly, is it? Every yeah, well, it wasn't over here because, I mean, I don't know how they worked at the clubs then. We, we we finance a lot of things over here, make sure things are in place. So we make sure lads get two or three bouts. Yeah, right. And was, it wasn't as busy as it was then as it is now. But we got, we've done all right, to be fair. We got away quite often. Right. Got a few in. And back then, was there any funding or all self-funding? No, it's all self-funding. Yeah, right. Gym. right. And to be fair, the coaches put their hands in their own pockets to get away in it. Yeah, right. And was there many doing it back in those days? It was a good crowd, yeah. Right. The gym was always busy. Right. The gym was always busy. I can never remember it not being busy. Right. Because you, you had to wait for your, a place on the bag. And if you were a little kid like me, you were last in the queue. Oh, right, okay. Is that how it worked, was it? Yeah, that's how it worked. Right. First in, first serves. So then working through those sort of teenage years up to 16, continuing to fight locally. And, yeah. Right. But then I joined the army and joined the army at 16. All oh, right, okay. Boxed the army, boxed international through the army. All oh, right, okay. Talk mafia. us through that a little bit then. Yeah, it was brilliant. It's just, just, it just a totally different level. Won the army title. And what then what made started. you go in the army? Just, I was going nowhere. Right. And I knew that. There was like, this, it was the 80s. I don't know if you remember the 80s. Don't dwell on your age, but there was nothing. The right. work was really, really bad. It was you remember the, the boys from the black stuff on yeah, the telly yeah. and all that. It was it was that bad. There was right. no work at all. I'd left school. Um 
and then I didn't, I thought, you know, I, I liked the idea. I was in the army cadets for a bit, and I thought, I like the idea of this. Yeah, right. You know, school, is it? Well, I got kicked out. <laughs> I was asked to leave school. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, I did. And then I thought, you know, I can't, and I worked, to be fair, since I, let, well, I was forced, when I left school, I've always worked. Like yeah. I said, my mum was still in the hotel business, and I worked in the villiers for 12 months. And I joined the army as a 16-year-old. Right. And it was called a boy soldier at the time. Right. I'd done a 12-month um, induction instead of a six-week induction right, in okay. for 12 months right and uh, and i got in the boxing straight away there and it was a bit of an easy route once did, you see how did, good you are did the army kind of was the because i'd assume <clears throat> even boxing from 12 to 15 it's fairly fairly disciplined was oh, there yeah. a, a thought process there as well going oh, into the army was yeah the you had work. regimental boxing which to be i found it quite easy because the level was quite low so i was boxing at a decent level before i joined and i found that quite easy so i won the regimental title straight away and then they, they capped it so once you had four or five bouts for your regiment you couldn't box anymore Right. So I went to the Army Championships, went down to Berlin, won the, won the Army Championships in Berlin oh, right, in okay. 85. So who, who are you fighting at that point? Is it in, inter? Like... Inter-regiments, yeah. So when you go to the Army Championships, you'll box other regiments. Right. You know, um, I was the first Irish Rangers to win it for over 15 years right. when I won that. Got a nice little tro- the trophy, actually, for the Army title. It was about that big, about four inches big. Right. And that's probably the most respected trophy you get. And then I got selected to represent the Army, and I went to Aldershot, I was there for, I think, just into two years. I left the army then. I fell out with it. I just, you know, I just lost the bite for the army. But the army boxing team was there for six months in all the shot. Right. It's okay. unbelievable the right. way you train. You train like professionals. What do you do? You're better than a professional. Right. Because you looked after food wise, all your nutrition, your plan is done for you every day. You don't do nothing. Just turn up and train. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You train three times a day, and then on a Tuesday and Thursday, you used to spar at nights. Everything was from the videos just came out. You you got videoed sparring. So you do a video analysis oh, okay. on the Wednesday right. and then you have your... It was fantastic. What weight were you fighting at there? I was lightweight. Okay. What, 60, 60 what, kilos. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Okay. So it's nine stone. Right. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I might struggle that weight. Then I went yeah, up yeah. to nine stone seven. Six, they're light welder. Boxed as a professional as a light, lightweight then as a light welder. Okay. So when you left the... That's, you mentioned there, you can't left the army just not... Had enough, was it? All yeah, I'd done, done my term. I'd done, well, you'd signed for three, six or nine years at the time. Right. So I signed for three years. I'd done three years and I don't. I went on what's called open engagement because I was sort of still enjoying the army and that there. So I signed uh, a year's open engagement, which means if you want to get out, you've got to give a year's notice. So I'd done an extra two years. So I'd done five years altogether. Right, okay. So on the fifth year, end up, I think January 88, July the 15th, 1988, I got out. Right. My birthday. Right. Yeah. And was there a plan when you got out? No. The plan was just to party for a couple of months. Right. But, but I turned pro then. I got offered a professional contract and I thought, you know, I want to have a go at it. How did that come about? I was boxing in London at the time. Okay. And a fellow I used to box with, uh, Mick Toomey, uh, uh, Kevin Toomey was my gym partner. And his dad was a professional coach manager. And he went to watch us. We boxing in London. And he came to, oh, what do, do you think about? I said, well, I'm leaving soon. Right. So he offered me to, to sign a contract with him up in Hull. Right, okay. So I left the army, went to Hull to live. Right, okay. And, that's where, um, and before we get into the boxing side of that, did you have that pro contract at that early stage? Is that I need to work as, to fund it as much as to box? Well, I didn't realise then at the time. It was just, oh, I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to do everything. So everything's going to be great. Because you don't know, do you? Yeah. And uh, I just left the army. When you think about when I left, when I left the army, I was actually about two days. When I was out, I was, I was actually two days away from signing back up again because I didn't know what to do. I went to Hull to live, a big city. Yeah. Got lost in the light a little bit. Uh, I thought you've got to sign on here. I've got no work. How do you sign on? Because in the army, everything was done for you. Yeah, right. If you ha- there's one office, you go to what's called the family office, and they'll send you to another office. Everything's done for you. Yeah. You go. There. I said I've just I've left the army. All right. What do you leave the army for? I said, well, I'm, 
I'd done mm. your time, right? Like, fill this form in. Go around the road, fill another form in. Go down the road and fill this form in. I thought, do you know what? I come and what do I get? And you get a couple of quid, seventy-five pound a week. I was getting. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously the box. I'd done all right first, and my second pro fight, they broke my hand. I was oh, out right. the game for like seven, eight weeks. Couldn't train, couldn't do nothing. And you don't mind me asking back then, were you getting those fights? Would you get paid much for those fights? It was, it was the first first fight I got. I ended up with £160 in my pocket yeah. because um, my manager looked after me to be fair when we first got there. Stayed in his house for a couple of weeks and we stayed in the B&B, a place called Summer Gangs Road in Hull. And the fellow looked after us was an absolutely fantastic chap. And um, my first fight, was six, seven hundred quid I got. Then by the time I paid me, I had to pay the, the yeah. chap who drove us down there some money for petrol. The corner man got 50 quid. And then my manager got 20%. Uh-huh. So I got 160 quid I got. Uh-huh. So just a little bit more than they got in the dole. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. That was it. So you had a couple, a few fights then? Yeah, I had 18, oh. uh, 17 altogether. 16, right. sorry, altogether. Right. And are they typically up in the northwest region? Or yeah, yeah. Well, I went down to London. Oh, so I went down. Northeast, sorry. Yeah, I went down to Birmingham a couple of times. I ended up going, and I went up to Scotland a few times. You end up becoming without knowing it a journey, man. Because to explain is what it is, you'll have a prospect who'll turn a professional who's been an ABA champion or really good amateur and they're going to get looked after and they'll box the likes of me who turned up turned turn pro and was good to turn over as a pro and then you sort you find your way you can make good money as a journeyman journeyman can box every week if they want they'll get a, they'll probably get an average of a thousand pound and that's not a bad wage mm-hmm. if you're going to box every week or a little bit more if you get a shot on television you'll get 20 percent of the television cut so you can right. walk away i've got some good money up in scotland when i boxed in a couple of good ones right and but, the, but you'll get a, you'll get a phone call two or three days before head up here you, and, and you just got to take it yeah, yeah. and you know you're going to win but you just got to you know and that's what, and I end up slipping into that category right. and I got really you know peed off at the end and I thought you know what I'm sick of this I was going to say was there part of you that was like wanting to break out of that and there was there was and there was some time and I boxed a um, I boxed a fellow called Peter Krug once and that's Carl Krug's brother Carl Krug was a British and European champion and I got a phone call off Mick Toomey for me I was in good shape anyway he said you've got to fight the Norfolk Gardens Hotel in in uh, uh, Bradford, I'll never forget it. It was uh, he phoned me on Tuesday night. He said, "Oh, how are you? How, how are you? Ch- I said, I'm good, Nick. Yeah, what's your weight? I said, my weight's all right. I said, a little bit heavy, about nine and a half stone." He said, oh, "I've got a fight for you on there." He said, "A thousand pound." He said, "He said you'll get a thousand pound." He said, um, "The lad making a comeback, Peter Krug." I said, "I'll take it." I was in great shape. I thought, and I got videoed as well. I thought, "Yeah, I'll take this." And I went down. I thought, "You know what? I'm not, I'm, I'm not letting him have this. I'm not going to get stuck into this one." And I stopped him in the last round. All right. I still got paid, but yeah. he wasn't happy about it. Oh, right. They were happy. At least they wasn't. He said, well, you know. So was it an unwritten rule then? That not really, no. No, no. I, no that'd be wrong they to say. They wrong to, to say that. And, no. and, and I think now, you, and that'd be wrong to say, and I wouldn't say that anyway, and it's not like that. It's just that, you know, and now and again, you'll see the underdog win. You'll see it more and more often now. Well, that wasn't supposed to happen. Right. And you say, well, what was supposed to happen? Yeah, right. You've got yeah, two competitors yeah. there. Maybe one wants it a little bit more than the other. Right. And I remember speaking to Peter at the end of it all, and I've spoke to him on Facebook since, and he, he always says, I ended his career because that was his comeback. Oh, well, that right. was my only claim to fame. Right. You know, but I thought, I actually, took well, I'm not having this. I'm, I'm going yeah, yeah, to have a go yeah, with this yeah, one. Yeah. And I stopped him last round of the court. And you mentioned 18 fights then? 16. Uh, over yeah. what period of time is that? Um, I finished, I probably last pro fight was 2001, I think. Right. I so a it. long period of time then. Yeah, it was on and off, and it was getting a little bit. And, and so between stopped. working then, the on and yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I come back to the Alaman, you see. Right. And then the phone would go say, "Can you get here?" Then you got to think, right, I've got to pay to get there. Yeah. yeah. I've got, do I? Is it worth it? And that was it. And I boxed Eamon McGee. He, he will chat me. Boxed um, boxed Ricky Hatton, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Give Ricky yeah. Hatton's guy. I boxed him on his first debut. All oh, right. Okay. So I'm actually in his book. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He stopped me in the last round. 
he said there was only five I thought I, when, when he stopped me there was, the bell went straight after it I thought oh, I was nearly there I was nearly there yeah. but um, and he put it in the book as well he started, but um, yeah it was tough that was a tough one right. but again it was a phone call can you box on the Saturday I thought right. I'll take that a couple, couple of quid and ball I thought yeah, I'll take it yeah, right. so, that's, so that's pretty much how you had your fights planned is that you yeah. knew you might not have something in the book but literally you get a call yeah two it started days, off you. it didn't start off like that way but then I sort of slipped into that and that's what the, the journey does and there's a, there's a chap on Facebook now and, and he's a decent pro and he's doing really really well I'm not mentioning his name Casey. and uh, he's gonna. he said listen I can't do this anymore I can't get sponsors I can't sell tickets I'm struggling to sell the allocated ticket loads uh, I'm just going to go on the road it's called going on the road Right. so he's just going to box every week he'll get a grand or something more, or much and that's what he'll do Right. It's hard to see something, but then again, these are the lads that will shock somebody one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll get their television because they'll get their television shot. They'll have a, a prospect come out thing. This lad's just turned turned pro. He's won the ABAs. He's boxing the Olympic Games. He's fantastic, and he boxes Joe yeah. Bloggs. And next week, I'll I'm gonna have, give him a rough ride here. Yeah, right. Oh, that shouldn't have happened. And that's so, how it happens. So is that kind of an a, a, an aspiring thing of a journeyman is to get that yeah, opportunity? Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely, that, again, absolutely. A bit corny, but like the Rocky film. It is, and and you got you also got your journeyman out there. I mean, the, the chap Daniel boxed um, the first one twenty. Chris Chang's a lovely fella, brilliant. Now he's on eighty six, eighty seven pro fights now, isn't he? Wow. He's going to clock up, and I'll tell you what, he's a hard working, good pro. He trains hard. And yeah, he's won a he's won a couple of titles, hasn't he? He's he won a couple sort of titles. He slipped into that journey. He slipped into the journey. And he's good and you look at him training, you think he puts a lot into this and he deserves a little bit better and hopefully he'll get a, a bit of a award. And he's had a couple of television shots and you get a couple of quid for them. Right. You, know, you get a sky show and you'll get like a mandatory fight for somebody and, and someone will pull out and then right. the promoters will be panicking and hitting the phones, oh is have you got a lightweight available? Have you got anyone around the country? And they'll pay extra dough for that and they'll come up and you'll and then you'll get your television shot. And that's when the journeyman who's in shape, if he keeps in shape yeah. and keeps good and he turns up for that, that's when it's not going to be an easy ride for the for the prospect. Well, along that shape thing, so something that kind of you always look at, or I always see as a you know, not a massive follower of boxing generally, although I know, I know a little bit about it, but you'll see like, and I use Ricky Hatton example, he don't often balloon up between oh, fights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would he do that as a, an early pro in his career or would he always be in shape it's later in career? Think, he knows he's picking his fight so he can just sort of I think he was be earmarked before he turned over so he, he was well behaved. Right. He wasn't a good disciplinarian right. and anyway. he'll be the first to admit that. Right. It was later on in his career more when he would, would he right. blow up and yeah. his early career wouldn't. No, right. he was yeah, he stay fit in case yeah. that call comes. He's just trying to make it. Yeah, right. Whereas and you, I think where he made it he'd start ballooning up again. Right. And when you're just breaking into it, you, you don't want to make mistakes. Right. You don't want the promoter to say, well, I'm not taking them again. Look at that. He was nine stone last time. Yeah, He's coming right. in at 10 stone. Yeah, yeah. They won't have that. It's a really, really rough cutthroat business, the pro game. Right. I don't like it. Right. Even though I'm registered as a pro trainer now, I don't, I think, you know, it's a lot of pitfalls there for especially young young lads that turn pro early. Right. I think sometimes they cut the teeth a little bit. Boxers are senior then turn over. So you mentioned sort of the, the boxing career then, come back to the Isle of Man. What brought you back here? Why did you decide to come back here? The kids, their wife was pregnant, and we just the work. So did you meet her across? No, no, I've been in the room since we were kids. All oh, right, okay, yeah. right. Um, so she done travelling around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been in the army and bitch. Yeah, yeah. Been, yeah well, right. I met her in the army. Right. Um, but then just having a family at night, she didn't like Hull. Hull wasn't. This is not disrespectful to Hull, but at the time there was something like an eighty-nine percent unemployment rate in Hull, yeah, yeah. and it was really not. It was black and white. The play it was wasn't good. There wasn't a lot about there. Um, when I did get a bit of work, I was start, supposed to start on the Monday, and I broke my hand on the Friday. Oh, right. So I, there's nothing happening at all. Uh, so she left, and then I followed her. I think I stayed an extra six months, on and off, and then come back. 
and that's when I found it really difficult to box. Again, no, the Alaman wasn't equipped for that, for sportsmen of a professional level. Yeah, right. Had there to, been before that many boxers gone pro from the no, Alaman? No, right. no, no. I can't think of now. It was um, it was tough then because you, like you said, you've got to train, motivate yourself, and then get yourself over there and box. Yeah, yeah you know right. whatever level you've got to box at. Right. I said things are different now. Obviously, you've got one EKT. You've got a f- there's a few few of these reprobates around, is there? Oh, there's a, yeah. I've got three, two kids. Two, two, yeah. Three, okay, yeah, and a little granddaughter, which is keeping me on my toes. All oh, right, okay. And is your older brother though, or sister, or what's sister. the right? Okay, yeah. older or younger? Older. Right, okay. So you come to the Isle of Man, working on the Isle of Man. I assume just what were you doing when decorating, you came back to them? Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, decorating. Um, That's what you still do to this day. There's bad, and the, there was plenty of work about. Yeah. So yeah. it was hard to say. Well, I, you know, would you go over? And, there's not a lot of work over there at the time. It's flipped now a little bit. There's plenty over there now. And, and I presume going to the gym when you're back again. We're talking about the 90s. You're back going to the gym, regularly yeah. training. Yeah, I was always, always tra- I've always kept fit. I've always, yeah. I've always kept myself in good shape. One yeah. thing I, the, uh, the managers would always say about me: I've never let them down with the weight or, or, or fitness levels. Right. I've never ever gone in there and not, no, give it what I can. I've never turned up overweight. I've always and, and people say that there's some good pros out there, and I've got a good reputation to say. Well, he's, he's never let us down. He's always turned up. He's always been on weight. Right. And you're not getting easy rides with them. I thought that's that'll do me. I'm I'll be happy with that. There. I didn't win any world titles, but you know. What 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 gives you that discipline? Just the way you are. It's just I think it's army as well. I right. train as PT instructor in the army, so okay. I know it's like to put that application in. And yeah, what yeah. you get out of it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And when when that career came, t- when you decided to end it, what 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 was the trigger in that? Just, I think the Aim McGee fight. Believe it or not, I got. It was it was mental because a box at the Point Depot. It was in McGee's debut, and it was when Cornelius Parr boxed. Uh, uh, what's the name? Will Title. Catch me out here now. Where was it? Middleweight, uh, Dublin, the Point Depot. It uh, was. Um, <laughs> she'll be on the undercard, I assume. I was on the undercard, yeah. It was, it was his. It was his. Uh, it was his first. I was his first. Was fight. McGee a good prospect at that time? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, was, he was all talked about. And when we boxed and finished, I got two broken ribs and I was crawling out there. And I was just left in, <laughs> in, in the venue. And the buses went and all that. And there was no effort to go. I remember there was a chap got weighed in with me from Kenya, a little uh, featherweight. And he didn't have his international clearance. So he just, oh, you can't box. And off he went. No money, nothing at all. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the airport the next day. He slept in the airport that night. Mm-hmm. I thought, I was treated like that. How do you treat like that? And I know, you'll you'll know who the promoter was. I'm not going to mention it because it was. Uh, I thought that's disgraceful. That um, I was left. There's a couple of other boxers that were left as well. Now I've got family live in Dublin, so I remember having me money in my pocket, a broken rib, and a black eye. Walk along the dock road. We weren't far from. We weren't living far from there. I thought, is this how? Is this what it's all about? Is this it? Yeah, you know. Right. I thought, and I was losing a bit of interest anyway. What age would you have been at this stage? Twenty. Well, what was I? 23, 24, 23 right, okay. yeah. right. And I thought, so I just, I didn't, got out of the game, but I was always helping out in the gym down there. And the gym was struggling a little bit when Joe was taking it. And I thought I'd give him a hand. And then he asked me would I take the gym off him. All right, okay. Would I take it off him? Because Joe was he's getting on a little bit. And I did. So and that's how it started. Started from there, yeah. And I still enjoyed it. And I thought, so. And then when you do your first course, your first level one course, you think, I don't need to do a course. I know everything about boxing. Who's telling right. me what they But it's an eye opener. Right. It's a basic basic course level one I thought that's great I really enjoyed that do you think looking like seeing that and seeing say a young fighter at 18, 19 do you think he'd benefit from taking that course even at that age 100% mm. I, would, I would I would I would, 
take all these Do out. Your badges take a level you're one. Get a, get a level one. You've done your level one. Mm. Daniel's done his level one. Right. The only me daughter's done a level two. But it's just the insight of it, the technical yeah, yeah. abilities, all and how you how you deliver things to them out there. But um, yeah, when I don't thought, oh, I really enjoyed that. I'll, I'll go and do another one, and unless yeah. I got in there, got in the system, and then start the coaching. And all that training you have to do away, I assume, travel away. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all uh, ABA um, organised, so they'll, it'll come up on the website, uh, level one course run next month, apply yeah. for it, get in, off you go and do your course. It's a, it's two weekends, you'll go on a Friday, you'll register on Saturday morning, do the course Saturday, do the course Sunday, you'll go away for a week or two weeks, come back again the Saturday, you'll do a third part of the course, and your assessment and uh, um, exam will be on the Sunday. Right, the Sunday. okay. And it's often Xboxers doing that. Mostly, yeah. Right. Yeah, there's, there's people who don't, but and and you know, again, not knocking anybody. There's some people who haven't boxed who turn out to be very good coaches. Yeah, well, you see that like, football Absolutely, managers, yeah, don't you? Yeah. The same. They've never yeah. played a kicked ball in their life. And, and you see that. And yeah. boxing is exactly the same. Uh-huh. Although I don't know how people, I'm not an advocate for or against. If I was in a corner, and I was getting told to what to do in the corner by someone who'd never boxed before, I'd have a little bit of yeah, doubt yeah. in the back of my mind, especially in that game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Game. Well, yeah, yeah. If someone's yeah. been there, who's been next world champion, you'd be like, listen to him. You'd be intent. Yeah, you know. Mm. So it'd be a little bit different. So on that, so, so the story I heard with Tyson's last fight, he, he, his, his trainer, he asked for his second fight. Was it against Wilder? Yeah. It was a, a guy who had not. I think it was someone he knew, but hadn't trained before. I think it was someone he trained with. I don't. I can't remember who it was. It, it was. There was a lot of talk about that. So he's got rid of him now. I think. Hasn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. But it worked, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it worked, yeah, yeah, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. It didn't. So do you remember your dad in the in the gym? You mean he's up some of your That's first memories? That's what I started, yeah. I used to just go down with him, was it in Peel? Yeah. New Horizon Club in Peel, I used to just go down with him and then just run around hitting the bags as a kid, get right. on everyone's nerves and then that's how I saw it started, I think, but yeah. And you obviously enjoyed that and did you start then at that age, 10, 10 yeah, 11 well, kind of? Yeah, I was more into football. Right. I was more always playing football. Was that a disappointment to your dad? Well, there was a few times he'd come down and drag me from the football team <laughs> to the gym. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, like it just I enjoyed the football a bit more. I think it was just because all my mates were playing football at the time. Right, yeah. And obviously then I got my... So the appeal area then, you were living at this stage, were you? No, no, that's where that gym was. was yeah. Oh, right, okay. Where, when he, where he used to train. Right. The old gym down there, and then obviously we were down by the Castle Mona. Okay. Um... It's probably about the same size as this room, wasn't it? Yeah. Jim. Oh right, okay. Um. So yeah, I just started down there and then just and got into it there. Who did you play football for? Uh, as a kid, Paul Rose, St Mary's. Right. Whereabouts? Uh, as in on the pitch? No. Oh, like, uh, centre mid. Oh right, okay, right, right. Just literally just run around. All right, so an engine on you then? Yeah. Yeah, right. So you'd just be doing a bit of the football and a bit of the boxing? Yeah, because it was like the school of excellence at that time, so I was in like the school of excellence and stuff, and that right. was like running on the Friday when I was supposed to be down the boxing club. Okay, right. So if I'd have a fight coming up, sometimes I'd sneak down to the, the football train instead of going to the gym. Right. And then obviously, at that, again, at that age, that we talked earlier there about boxing at that age, what, maybe to go back to you, Peter, that, that, what would be different from a fight today for a 12-year-old than it would have been 25 years ago? Um, Are they technically more aware I now think, te- yeah, more. I think the coaching's got, the coaching's come on leaps and bounds <clears throat> in the UK and everywhere, really, the way you're educated. And we'll be more careful now with putting kids in right. with who they're in. I mean, then it was... And it's all head-guarded now. Yeah, and it's yeah. all head-guarded now, yeah. Yeah, right. I'm actually talking about taking them back off again, but I don't know. I think the kids will stay on and the females will stay on. And the, and the gluts, again, you... It, yeah, boxers because you can use different glove sizes. Yeah. At that age, is it all standardised? No, there was eight ounce for us. I actually boxed a professional in a six ounce glove. 
Right. That was, so that's that the was, weight of the glove. That's the weight of the glove. Yeah, right. small, the tiny. Now, which means more damage, I assume. I'd say, yeah, absolutely. Now they're eight ounce and ten ounce. Right. So, so you I, fight one or the other, basically yeah. in pro. It's weight, isn't it? It's, it's weight. Yeah. If you, if the light weight, oh, right. If you, all like anything under middleweight, anything under light middleweight, yeah. will be ten ounce. Anything above light middleweight will be twelve ounce. Oh, oh right. Okay. Right. Yeah. And what about a kid's age then? They're the same. It's right. still ten ounce now, and then when they get to a senior, or sixty-four kilos or above. Whatever age group you're at, they'll be 12 ounce. Right, okay. And do you fight in front of crowds or were you just training in your sort of teenage years? Yeah, no, Don't. my first fight, I think I was 10 or 11. 11, right. was 11, I? Yeah. 11, yeah. And what memories do you have of that? It was, um, it was, uh, the only thing I remember about it, it was Wayne Rooney's uncle's gym, mm. Kevin Rooney. Oh, right, okay. And I boxed someone from there. Um, and what I can remember was it was horrible because that's when people could smoke and that. And oh, it was right. in the Hilton, it was just smoke covered. So. No, I didn't enjoy that. Were you nervous? Yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine as a 11, 12 year old going. Mm, and was the, I appreciate the Lido days, I imagine it's a lot just different, I could be wrong, than 30 years later. Was it was the crowds there of... Yeah, it was busy. Yeah. Um, you get like 250 in there, I think. Right. Me, yeah. In the, in the 250, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Um, but I, I never really used to, I never used to like fighting at home. Right, okay. Um, I used to like fighting away. Right. Like more, more pressure. It just yeah, or? it just didn't feel real when you when you fight at home for some reason. Like a training mm. belt or something. Yeah, it just yeah, it just didn't feel real. Whereas if you go away, you are going away and it just yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it more getting away and fighting people in their backyard and backyard. So and on the training side of things, that's something you've quite happily you like training, doing a sparring and all those. Yeah, things. I love it. Yeah, yeah right. always training. Um, I've always had him <laughs> on my ass. So <laughs> I take it he sets high standards. I see. Yeah, since I was a kid, so. And did it bother? Because again, you might hear of uh, parents say not wanting their kids in 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 a sport that it can cause damage. The reality is, oh, it can. Yeah, did, that, can yeah. did that bother you? Well, you're always aware you're of just it. Just trying to teach the good habits. But that's what I'm trying to say now. If if, if it's always going to be there, it's not going to be there. It's up to us now as coaches to make the sport safer. Yeah. And if, if it's if it's if it's coaching, teach them how to defend themselves properly, and that's probably the best way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, and if you can see they're not going to do it, then you've got to be big enough as a coach to say, "Well, I don't think it's for you, mate." And right. You know, but how do you tell a kid who wants to go and be world champion that it's not good enough for him? Yeah, yeah. You see, with uh, sort of refs now, they, my observation would be they stop fighting earlier. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. stop a lot kids, earlier yeah. now. Yeah, 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 100%, 100%. yeah. They're really putting the pressure now a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So those, so through your teenage years, then continuing to fight. Yeah, yeah. Boxing's always eleven constantly. And did you do you have that again through those teenage? Do you have a, a quote a record, or do you just kind of? Yeah, but as an amateur, as a kid, you just literally just want to fight all the time. Right. You literally just try and get away and fight as much as you can, just just about, just get as much experience as possible. So, I think as an amateur, I had 90, 90 fights. I think. Wow. Right. Okay. Um, and did you find at school then, when you're going through school, because you because you do box and people think they, you know, you often go for the going for the tough lad. We'll try and yeah. start on you because you're the boxer. Yeah, you do get a little bit, but it's. Right. That's what boxing t- teaches isn't discipline and stuff. So right. you've got to sort of, you know, Try and ignore you're doing it for the right reasons, aren't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, but yeah. it doesn't stop some dickhead. Yeah, right? exactly. But yeah, yeah. You're always going to get them, oh. aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll come on to what level you, uh, weight your box at now, but what's your box at now? We'll come into more detail. Uh, right? Light middle. Right. So should, that is. Yeah, should be down to welterweight, but I'm terrible with weight. Oh, right, okay. Terrible. So what's. What's like middleweight? So weight? seventy kilos, oh, seventy right, okay. one. That's the thing that always shocked me when I watch boxing and you'd see people like Eubank, we were talking about earlier, Ben fighting middleweight. And you'd think they were massive lads, and yeah. then they'd be like 
Ten Stone alive. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it, yeah. That's it, yeah. Uh, and when you see them as well, physically see them, you think, yeah, that big is he? I saw Mayweather when we were in Vegas watching the fight we were talking about earlier. He was wandering around the casinos yeah. and saw me. Obviously, he's just tiny, isn't it? He is tiny. Yeah. Yeah. tiny yeah. But it's just because you watch them on the big telly, yeah, yeah. you think that they're big, don't <laughs> you? Yeah, stick them next to, uh, next to Fury or something. They look, yeah. they look tiny yeah. then. And they're monsters, aren't they? Yeah. So, so then at 16, 17, you finished school, did you? What was the plans yeah, yeah. after that? I uh, went to college for a bit. Right. Uh, to do plumbing but at that time I was trying to qualify for the come off you games right so I was getting a bit stressed out with college and that so I just just quit the college and just concentrated on the boxing right um, for the come off you games so where, where what year and where was that that was 2008 eight, yeah, in, in Delhi uh, Pune in India right, right. okay um, that was a great experience right um, but like I say my weight messed up for me a bit right Go on, talk about that. Well, so I was supposed to be in the 64 kilo category. Okay. Um, but we got there and it was a bit of a struggle, wasn't it? A bit of a panic. Mm. So I was running around the, the track in sweatsuit in Pune in India. It was hot as well. So oh, it was horrible. So they get the runs out of there, that soon get their weight off. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, doing all that, just trying to make the weight. And then they got to the weigh into the scales. We just thought, oh, we'll just go up. Okay. Can you um, do that on that? Can you I? can, yeah, at that level, uh, yeah. Yeah, so we just, we just thought, we decided, oh, we'll just go up. Um, You've got to be for the first round, though. You've got to fix your way there before you go in, yeah. So we just made that decision. So what should you what what weight category? And use the word category. Right? Let's keep with kilos. What kilo weight category should you be in? Sixty-four kilos, right. and I went in sixty-nines. Right. Okay. They're just and a lot bigger. I see. Yeah. At least in just one class up, that makes a significant oh, difference. Yeah. Because like every weight you go in, they're always coming down. Yeah, yeah. So you've yeah. got to put it. You know, so they're coming yeah. down from. So, so talk because obviously there's. Before fights, again, you see fighters weighing in, again, for, and I'm not really an expert, but well, I'm definitely not. You see them weighing in, and the next day they look completely different shape because yeah. yeah. they're dehydrated, etc. Yeah. So what uh, kind of typical weight amount of weight would someone put on? So you, you, you weighed him, and I think now, is it, is it in boxing, you only like to put an X amount back on That's after? That's title fight. Depend what, yeah, yeah. what government body is on yeah. as well. Right. They'll okay. not allow £10. You'll get away right. the next like morning. morning. That's for title fights. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Across all divisions yeah. and everything. Yeah, different, different, different um, organizations like the WC. I think they they have a mandatory second weigh in. Oh, okay. So if you weigh in sixty kilos on the next day, you can't be any more than sixty five the next day. Right. I always remember. Oh, I watched. A, I think it was a documentary about. Uh, they were interviewing Amir Khan and the no, not Amir Khan, uh, Prince Nassim, and uh, the fight he his first fight, whether it was his last fight as well that he lost, he was called in at short notice on that fight and was overweight, and he he said he, the night before. Or the, the the day of the weigh in, he was shrink wrapped yeah. in a sweat room trying to get it all off. Could hardly stand when he went to get the weigh in. Met, met met the weight, but then obviously for the fight, he just said I was so drained from, yeah, the, it from does. the. So it's presumed to find balance every yeah, time yeah, into I've a done fight. It, I've done it many a times. Left 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 at last yeah. minute. Right. I say is that not potentially cause detriment to yeah, you? Because you do oh, yeah. such yeah. a strip back wall, wall, and then yeah. suddenly yeah. pan on yeah, that was yeah. poor. Especially you're not you know you're doing it the day before the event. Yeah. Look at I say outside looking in. That's quite a but not as an amateur in in the championships. It'd be like so we'd fly over, and the weigh in would be like in the afternoon. Then you'd be fighting a couple of hours. Right. So okay. Hardly no time to rehydrate. Oh, right. Just dried out, yeah. and then you've got to get the scales and try and refuel. Yeah. Okay. And then you're fighting. And because you're, I presume ultimately you're trying to push yourself say down categories because yeah. you basically got a better opportunity because yeah, yeah. you're bigger and stronger yeah. than the. But yeah, then you've right. gone in because you're depleted. If yeah. you don't, if you. Do it wrong. Yeah, you don't right. Do right. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I did quite a bit. So that struggled. So, so the uh, so sorry you were talking about the cut the youth Commonwealth then in in Delhi. 
Yeah, yes, yeah, in, in Pune. Pune, sorry. Yeah, so then it was I had an to go up, sorry. Had to go up, hub away, and then right. uh, come up against a big coloured lad. So right. I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> just got to get your head stuck in. Right. Um, but yeah, they just it's just it. People don't think there's much difference, but there's so much difference. They're just so much bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, just the inside stuff and things, and and I, obviously I'm still trying to dry out, so I made that decision on that day to go up. So you don't want to go feeding yourself because you'll yeah yeah. So still a little bit depleting stuff, but it is what it is. But yeah, it's experience. I know all that now to yeah yeah pass yeah. it down to the kids and it's not coming up. And that, and the rounds and how what type of how how many rounds and how long at, at youth Commonwealth level. That was four three four threes or four twos, four twos four twos right. four twos. Yeah. And is that head guarded or not? Yes. Right. Because it's considered amateur, is it? Yeah, but there's no head guards now, young which is with the seniors. Oh right. right. The seniors no no head guards anymore. What age were you when you, when you went there? 18, 17, 17, just 18, it was in his 18th year. Yeah. Right, okay. 17 hours, yeah. So you're, could you be fighting in theory a 27-year-old? No, no it's junior games. Oh, it's right, youth, okay, yeah. sorry, yeah, right, okay. Yeah, so it's a youth, so, um, but yeah, like I say, it's experience in it, so. Yeah, yeah, so what, what what happened after, what was next in the boxing career after, when you came uh, back from there? Just come back, just boxing again. So you boxing here, more away, I assume, then? Yeah, just I, I don't weekends. really see boxing matches promoted here, I could be wrong, but I just... Yeah, we, we haven't tried to put... Probably put two or three shows on a year, but it's right, been a bit yeah, yeah. the place at the moment with this, this, yeah. this virus. So we had one actually due in the in the Villa Marina. Our show was due to be on in was it April. Did you draw on that as a club or was the Isle yeah, Man yeah. Federation? No, a club. Right, club, yeah. okay. Yeah. Bring everyone over, don't you? Like a, a region or a squad? Yeah. Or we've done well the last couple of years. We brought teams across. <clears throat> we bring teams over. We put a full show on. We had we had uh, we put down as a select, like a Wales select. It won't be Wales international team. It will be te- different clubs from Wales. It's very hard to match club for club. It's not like a football team. There's not eleven v eleven that all fit. So you might have you might have a load of lightweights and no heavyweights and no yeah, middleweights. Right. And so uh, when we when we match now, when I do the matchmaking, I'll match make a region. I'll I'll go to the northwest region and say right, I'll I'll often use a regional match to the Isle of Man on such and such a date. There's my list. Okay. I'll give them the list yeah, and they'll yeah. match. Match in. Yeah. Right. That's how they work it. <clears throat> so then those early t- early sort of 18, 19 travelling away a lot yeah just boxing. going away fighting box clubs I mean, did you say you had 90, 80, 90 fights 90 fights right. yeah. wow right um, yeah just trying to get away as much as possible right um, any of them fights that fight. stick out um, are they good or bad yeah, or both I've, I've fought quite a few decent ones to be honest uh, right. Calm Smith watched Calm Smith oh right okay um, that was in the ABAs in Liverpool so someone like that way who's, who's gone on to be fairly good yeah. If you fight, can you see it when you're fighting someone like that? You're like, yeah, they are quality. Yeah. Well, he was like, he was number one. Right. In Great Britain at the time. So when I fought him, it was in the championships in Liverpool. So it was a bit like, but in the championships, you can just come up against anyone. Oh, right. Pick out of a hat type of thing. Is it's it? just like your yeah, weight draw. category. Oh, draw right. Yeah. Regions, so that right. each region fights each other. Did you know who he was at that oh, stage? Yeah. 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 Oh, you know okay. the circuit. So right. Oh, yeah. yeah. He'd won like the, the multi nations and things like that before that. So. And do boys like that, like or lads like that, are they are they just a different level in the sense of the movement, the technique, or everything? Or? Just, yeah, just it's club around. level, and then when yeah. they get to that, like I said to you before, when they get to that level, they're picked up. They're on the England setup, which he be set up, and they're working with top coaches from around the country. So what they do in the gym, they, they or what they do, sorry, with England, they'll take you back to their gym 
to, to perform for the gym right, right. For, for the clubs for yeah, the clubs and then obviously yeah. they're going to and the more international fights you have obviously the boxing better quality but their, their quality is going to pick up every time right. they're not just boxing club boxers yeah, boxing right, internationals yeah. so when they come to boxing the national championships they've got the experience of international yeah, competition yeah. and yeah, boxing right. some of the best boxers in the world right. yeah. and <clears> during that time there while you're boxing is this with her hope of picking up a contract or are you just doing this as a for uh, the for a hobby sports yeah, or something like that? You are you are smashing other people's head. I think every amateur boxer that boxes, I think they want to go on to be professional, don't they? I think that's what they want to push on for. But now I've like I've been pro now, I'd love to just go back in the amateur game. Right. And just literally just fight most weekends and you know, just go away and What distinguishes you between amateur <laughs> and pro then? Where's where's that line drawn to well, say I'm one or the other? So we had this conversation with Tom Ganny about golf, didn't we? Mm, about yeah. What's the difference between the well, it's two? It's just levels, isn't it? It's um, yeah. I think it's just all about levels because there's a lot of decent amateurs out there that now that could probably beat most pros and things. You know, I think right. it's just but the pros is just it's just money. It's right. all about money. It's money, right. ticket sales, and that's it. That's what I as said soon as you ring the promoters or you speak to your promoter, gets in touch with us like straight away. The first thing they ask is how many tickets can you sell. How many tickets can you sell? Oh right, it's the okay. first thing they ask you. Right. They don't ask you what you've done. Well, you obviously, you have, yeah, you've obviously gone them for a reason in the first place. Yeah. yeah, but then they just want to know how many tickets you can sell. Right, I'm still trying to understand the distinction though, because could I not call myself a pro tomorrow? Well, the pro game, the the the, well, the, 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 <laughs> the differentiator between pros and amateurs. Amateurs only do three rounds, okay. three threes maximum. Pros can do eight, ten, twelve rounds. Right, full time, no tops on, no head guards on, yeah, right. smaller gloves, yeah. right. and they get paid at the end of it. Right. Sometimes. And you just make that call of I want to be one or the other. Yeah, you've got to look. Yeah. You've got to, you can't yeah, just. No, yeah, no. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I say that. Well, well, but could I not just start tomorrow and say I'm. I appreciate I get my head kicked in. Yeah, yeah. you've got to sit in front well, of a board. Oh, if, right, if, okay. if you hadn't. Had so you have to elect to be a pro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you yeah. go and sit in front of a board and they'll ask you questions. Oh, you'll right. have to see your background. You'll have oh, to right. you, you have a medical yeah. card as an amateur, which has your, all your flights oh, right, on it. You've got to give them that and you've got to go through, have a look at you, see what you've done. And how do you step back down? Can you step back yeah, down? Yeah, you can actually can, do yeah. it, yeah. Well, I don't know if you can. Five. Five, is it five, five now? Five, yeah. It used to be three. You can actually cause you can have five pro fights and oh, you okay. go back to amateur. But right. Oh, and that's been reduced now. I don't know how it stands at the minute. No. I, I still think it is the same. Is it? Right. I still think so, yeah. So that lets people dabble their toe in and, and go, and this people, isn't for me. People have done it. Right. People have done it. Now what they do now is for the Olympics and Commonwealth Games. I don't know about the Commonwealth Games, but the Olympic yeah, Games the Olympics, especially. Yeah, the last one. Pros can go in the pros, pros went into the Olympics. Olympics. Oh right, okay. Fight. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, we look at cycling, yeah. and the cycling yeah. pros can go into the Olympics. That's it, yeah. Right. Yeah. Where there's other sports where it's just amateur. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, now the pros boxers can go in. Right. So I don't think we must give it much of a level playing field if Mayweather went into the yeah, yeah. Games, would it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So then, uh, into your twenties, were you still boxing, or was there a yeah, point where you still boxing? Like so this was all at amateur level. Yeah. Right. Um, Were you getting any money for that at this at that stage? No. 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 Just for the love of. Yeah. Um, probably should have turned. Well, should have turned pro a little bit earlier when I was more active. I sort of turned pro. When you say active. Like just I was fighting all the time. Then I sort of I done my knee, twisted my knee, done a college in my knee, and I had time out. And then after that, that's when I turned pro. Right. So I wasn't really active. I should have went a bit younger. But what age was that? Um. When did I turn pro? Too many punches to the head. About a year and a half ago, I think. Right, okay. Yeah. No, a bit longer than that. Was it? Two years, yeah. Yeah, about two years. And don't swing for me, but is that late in life yeah. for someone yeah. to turn pro? Yeah. I'm 30 this year. Right. 
what what made you to decide now because i just seen a lot of the lads that i'd boxed in the amateurs some lads that I beat some lads that I've boxed and done well against they're going in the pros and they're making money they're doing things some of them have actually won titles and yeah, things right. like that so I thought oh, I may as well just yeah yeah you feel you've got the calibre to yeah, do yeah, that exactly. yeah, yeah, if they right. can do it and I've beat some of them or yeah, yeah. done well against them yeah. so you, so then between sort of all through your early 20s then you've just that's like amateur career regular yeah. fighting yeah like and I said I just, I'd love just to go back to the amateurs though right just love it and uh, yeah, I presume obviously working local on the island and yeah. doing any other sport or just boxing? Um, yeah, just do quite a bit of running as well. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll have rest and stuff. Yeah. Oh, we'll I like to do the fells and stuff, the fell run. Right. Um, so yeah, I was just like, just always keeping active. Right. Just do as much as possible, really. How do you find, you mentioned earlier about struggling with weight, do you still, and I use that in the context of yeah. a few kilos, uh, uh, but do you still struggle with that now? Um, well, well, now I'm not having to make weight. So like you said, what happened before, I I blow, I blow, and then I'll, yeah, yeah, but I do it last minute. Right. Okay. Um, like a lot of the top pros now, they have all the nutritionists, everything like done for them and stuff. So you need the funding to do that. Um, so it's just a guessing game, really. Right. And what were you working work wise? Do you, uh, were you doing in your twenties? Qualified bricklayer. Right. Okay. So doing that. Yeah. And so then training was, in the evenings. Yeah. yeah. Right. So going pro, does that? I presume you still have to carry on working at this yeah. point. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's just a people of... people think straight away oh, you're going pro and you don't have to work and that's nah, it's not like that at all. Yeah, right. Nothing like that at all. And do you get sponsors? Yeah, yeah. You got um, sponsors? Yeah. Can you give a shout out to any? Um well well I've I've had a bit of time out, so I've not really um, Is something you're open to people if they're willing yeah, to help. Yeah, hundred because I want to get back into it. Um like I've been doing the charity stuff and that, so and then obviously I had a break with the boxing now all this has just happened, but just watching some old videos back and stuff, I think yeah, I want to get back in there. Yeah, right. I've done 30 this year, so let's get a few more under the belt. Yeah, uh, so let's on the charity stuff. So that's to do with Huntington's yeah. disease, which yeah. is connected to your yeah. mother. Yeah. A bit of background to that, if you're happy to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. To your no, rationale. Sure, yeah. 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 She was diagnosed about, was it two, three years ago? Two years, yeah. Two years ago. Because my stepmother, Lorraine's stepmother, my um, mother in law, Lorraine's mother, she died of it. Okay. It was unknown at the time what she had. and and she got diagnosed, I think, I think about five years before she died, obviously, um, what it was. And then we start looking into what it was. So then Lorraine got the test. So you don't have to get the test. It's a 50-50 chance if you've got it or not. So right. she got the test and she's got the gene. So uh, there's no early onset or nothing yet at the minute. But right. and, and the progress they're making with it at the minute now, now because it's been out there, it's, it's been unbelievable. What does it do to the body? It's a it's a brain dysfunction. It's um, it, it's a... Uh, so it's like dementia, heart, Parkinson's no, disease. That's the best way to explain it. Picks all the worst things about possible. Yeah, it's a two rolled into one. Right. So, um, and is there an age or is it just? It's just it. It's, you can, you can have junior Huntington's. Yeah, you can have it. You can have it at an early age. Right. The typical scenario is now. She just turned fifty. The prognosis is around about another probably ten years. You start getting early onset. Right. And then take then it could take 10, 20 years. Mm. But the breaking ground with it now. It's the. It, it's one of the. The rare diseases that they've actually made real progress on it in the right, last couple okay. of years. Right. The, the, it's been fantastic. We went to a seminar a couple of years ago. Um, a fellow called Doctor uh, Doctor Wild, absolutely fantastic. He done a seminar down in London, and we went down for the weekend. And it just gives you right foot. You know, we're, we're getting somewhere here. Yeah, right. And the progress they're making is so it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, it's right. It's tough. There's no cure for it. At the minute, it's, right. it's, it's no cure for it. Right. But they break. They actually they call it the most incurable, curable disease known to oh, man. Right. Okay. The fact that they know what it is. But they can't actually get to the right. element that makes it. And the, the, I use the word fixing that they're trying to do for it. Is that a tab or is that like, you know, 
things. <laughs> it's in brain. What it is, it's, there's, there's two neurons in, the, in your brain that connect to each other electronically. Yeah. And the protein builds up on them right. and sends the wrong signal out or doesn't send the signal out at all. Right. So you'll have uh, involuntary twitches, memory loss. Right. I think the first one's cognitive, so it'll be like arms moving, twitching, right. and that'll be uh, memory that memory loss and that then in certain things. But uh, they've got they've, they've, there's trials in progress now in their third stage. There's actual trial now. It's called the HTTRRX system. It's in its third year, and it's passed all the uh, NRA tests. Yeah, yeah. So it's now the uh, they've injecting it now when you a lumbar punch, right. so it goes straight to the brain. Okay. What the brain does if you take it orally, the brain will destroy it before it gets to the brain. Oh really? It's its own body's uh, right. safety mechanism. <laughs> so the in, the cerebral fluid straight to the brain and it works that way. Yeah. And there've been some real positive tests with it. Right. So it's it's more of a plus than a negative. And is that a, that uh, is that to slow it down or stop it completely? Well, What's slow that? it and hopefully reverse it. Right. Okay. So it's um, the, you know, you just have to look up and Google. And you, you become lost in it. You become a little bit of an internet expert sometimes. Well, well I have over the couple. Seems of years. like you've educated yourself. Well, that's it. Is then you know you know you're up against. So it's not all doom and gloom. I don't think. I think it's yeah. more positive than negative. There's more good things coming out of it than bad things. And how's you, if you don't mind, again, asking your wife, stroke your mother hand? Yeah, bang on. There's, there's no early onset, nothing. No, and no. she's like, mentally, she's as in, she's positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, all yeah. good. We're, we're, yeah, does, good. It, does it, again, maybe you don't want to answer this, because does that change your outlook on life of, of you know, this is a potential something yeah, coming down the road? Of course it does. It, it does with everyone, I suppose. But you don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not like that. I'm not a deep thought. Right. Me. I'd like to see let's get things Evan's good, good now yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right. not to say I haven't thought about what's going on no I'm sure yeah, but yeah. I'm always thinking like when are these going to make I just had a chat with a couple of doctors when we were down there and there was a couple of uh, young student doctors who were working solely on uh, neurology and I was talking to them they were absolutely fantastic and I thought the way they were speaking to you and talking to you and breaking things down I thought I thought it won't be long before these crack the code yeah, yeah. and and they're starting to get funding now, which they which they weren't doing for a while. There's a lot of funding going into it because mm-hmm. what they, they they reckon is, if they break the code for this, um, Huntington's disease, then the Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease won't be far behind because right, okay. they're all pretty much connected. Yeah, right. So if they break the code to this, that could be the catalyst for the for the other two to be yeah, right. to start putting treatment in place. So it's all uh, glass half full for me all the time. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So the charity events you do for that, mm-hmm. uh, that's obviously the drivers to raise money and uh yeah. but within that for yourself you must uh i presume like to push your mind I yeah, would guess. yeah but like i said well i've had that from him so right. um like to do mad stuff yeah <laughs> and just 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 like like push your body to the extreme like i just yeah no. So eighteen months ago was it or somewhere or maybe a year ago it was the twenty four hour of circuits, yeah. 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 Talk yeah. us through that hell. Since I can plank for about forty seconds. Yeah, it's just I've done a bit of that. No, <laughs> I done last I done twenty four hours. So. I come back I come back off the boat and I done the last forty five yeah. minutes and I couldn't walk the next day. <laughs> yeah, you turned up for the last bit. No. It was good. It was good. It was like um the hardest part for me was just literally just being stuck in that same room for twenty four hours. Right. Um then obviously through the night we had to have the shutters down and stuff because obviously there's houses around where we were. Oh, okay. I did it up next level fitness. Right. Um so the music had to be turned down and things like that. So just getting through that night and it got to like four or five. I was like, get the shutters up. I think so the hardest part for me was basically just being stuck in that room for 24 right. hours. And how many circuits, different things were you doing then? Uh, so I think there was about 12 or 15 exercises. So people would come and join in for an hour. So like I wouldn't just be doing the same thing all the time. So if someone would come, 
I'd get them to throw new exercise in. Yeah. No, just keep trying to break yeah, up. Yeah, that's it. I was just not... thinking, you, yeah. again, you're already in that small room. Yeah. Repeating and doing exactly yeah. the same thing. So, yeah. like, I just say, whoever's coming, bring an exercise with you just to try and break up a little yeah. bit. And, but, um, no, it was good because, like, all of my, uh, my girlfriend and that and all their friends they had, like, camp chairs and that. So, they, like, made a night of it. Drinking um, wine while you're working your ass off. <laughs> yeah, get ordering Chinese. Hoji was there for oh, me, right. just eating the yeah, Chinese. Yeah. Didn't do any, though. <laughs> So, I mean, so how, how did you how did you like cope with that throughout then I know you kind of said about the darkness and the, the um, monotony should we say of it did you mentally struggle at any point or was it I like, say was I'm it, quite yeah quite mentally strong I think it's one of them it, for me it's like alright I'm struggling here but in the end you just got to think right I've got so many hours till it's finished right? yeah. so just, we'll just keep pushing on because I always think with those things as well it's like you know physically you're, you're likely to do it yeah. with those challenging that it's more of it is I find the, the, the mental brain battle, really. it's just trying to get different people just coming in mm. you just want different faces coming in each time I think you know just speaking to you like different conversations and, it's um, a time through that phase where you want to be left alone now. yeah it was like three o'clock in the morning yeah, right. um, just wanted the music off things like that it was just it's just a mental battle isn't it it's a mental race, battle just my eyes closed yeah, and yeah, people yeah. had to like, throw water on me and stuff <laughs> it was like, yeah. yeah I think I read that in one of the articles you sent there yeah, it was yeah. close to nodding off doing, just slowly, just doing like side planks or something. Someone had to put David Goggins on. Oh, right, yeah. Goggins he saves us all. Off. Yeah, off. yeah, you're all right. off then. again then. Yeah, I was on the yeah, bike, yeah. he was gone. Uh, and then the more recent one, running up Snaefell. Yeah, I don't like talking about that one. Do you not? Why not? Because I didn't complete it. So um, So the, the challenge was, uh, how many times up? 14. Which was the equivalent to Everest. Yeah. Right. Uh, 150 miles, so I got, right. got 10 in, but... Um, gotta go back in the summer and do it. Right. He's just got a camper now, so <laughs> get the camper parked up there. I'm just gonna be... sort of just go and do it off my own back though. Right. Um, not gonna make it. Thing. I just 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 for my mind, I just want to go and do it and yeah. just finish it. Right. Mm. So I'm just gonna go and do it over the two days, just like literally, and just put up my Strava and then. So that's from beach to top of Snake Fell. Yeah, from Laxey Beach, yeah. Up. And that first one, do you, do you come back? Did you, I presume you ran back down, or do you get a lift back down and run back no, up? No, no, ran, ran back, back down. down yeah. right, okay. That's what people are saying to me, because obviously it's just the equivalent to climbing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So coming down doesn't count. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh, you get the trunk and the bus, and I thought, no, we've just got to keep it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So when, when you're going up, do you go... Up you know, from the valley. Right, okay. And left or right of the valley? Sort of up Agnish or up the... Up Agnish. Right, okay. Up Agnish, yeah. yeah. right, okay. Um, but that yeah, was close. You across the hill, across the Blackport, is it? And you then go up. up. Yeah, up, yeah, yeah. across the bridge and that. And yeah. Oh, right, okay, right. Yeah, it's just the, the bridge, just for safety reasons, really. Yeah, right. So I've got other people, there's other people running with me and stuff, so we just had to take the bridge. Right. Um, and what was the plan to do, like, 16 hours, go to sleep, do another 16? Yeah, what, I just what well, was I the plan? to try and get as much as possible. Just, so I went, I did... Bear in mind, it's the worst day ever. Oh, so I did yeah. two. And I come back, so I did the two, and I, as I was coming back down, it was sunny. So I come back down, I was getting ready to go again, had some food. Then Hoji rang, he said, oh, you might want to leave it. I said, what do you mean? It's sunny down here. Hmm. I just been up there, it's sunny. He said, oh, it's like a storm up here now, it's like hailstone and that. I was like, I've just been up there. Um, so then we, we set off again, and I was like, oh, no, I'll just get up and get it done. And it was like a blizzard. <laughs> it was like a blizzard up there. It's in March. It's in March, it was on April. Yes, time. yes. Yeah. yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, I didn't pick the best weather. How many did you get done? Ten. Right. I think it was 10, yeah. Over how many hours was that? Two and a half days, I think it was. Right. Um, like I say, with the weather, like the first day, I got four or five done. 
And I just had to literally just have a break because I was I was probably getting changed after everyone. All right. Just the weather, just wet, windy. Yeah, yeah. A few others do a few with you here and yeah, there. Yeah, there was loads coming. Uh, loads of people coming, turning up and doing stuff with me, which was good. Right. Um, the night time wasn't nice. Head torch job. Head torch, yeah. Right. It's just the wind. I was just fed up with wind. Right. Cause as soon as you got up the valley, it just, just it's open, like a wind it? tunnel. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. literally like a wind tunnel. Yeah. Even any direction it comes from, you're going to get it. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah. And you come up for the last 45 minutes, did you? For that one, I was away. I was in Sheffield. Right. Uh, I spoke to him. He always seems to go away when I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, no, just... Where'd you come up with that idea? Where? How? Oh, both. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I just, obviously, I'd love to go and do Everest. No, but it's like, I just thought I'd keep it local and yeah, just sort yeah. of, um, so I was thinking of it for a while, to be honest, uh, and just sort of put it together. I was At first, I was just going to do it from the Black Hut. Yeah. Um, but then I thought, no, I'll break it up. If we go down to um, the beach, get more people to come and yeah, yeah. things like that. And, but now, so the, the charity done well. and Yeah, it's like seven, eight grand. You're everyone right. was talking yeah, about yeah. charity and stuff and raising awareness. So that, that's, that's the main thing. Is that a local charity or a. Huntington's is a local one, yeah. Right, okay. Um, so they try and raise money to take people away for trials, okay. uh, seminars, things like that. And th- I think they're struggling at the minute. So they want to try and get a doctor over here. Um, cause not no one knows how to deal with it over here at the minute. Right. Um, so I think yeah, they just want to try and get someone over here who's trained to actually look after the people that yeah, right. that have got it. Cause they're in homes and you know the people don't know how how to work with okay, them. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's once once it's on set, it's then dealing with the yeah or yeah. educating the helpers, that's I guess it, as yeah. well. It's, it's, yeah. that's exactly it's this education. Yeah, yeah they're right. putting it in nursing homes or care homes and. They'll have, out, outbursts, them, they'll have outbursts and people don't realise what it is. I'm sure right. they get the same with dementia patients as well. Yeah, right. Like I said, it's very, very similar to... Because there is some anger issues, I think, yeah. involved in it as well. Right. Right. On. Yeah. So it's like, people don't... Obviously and there's a few people it. got it, believe it or not. Over here, Be surprised. Yeah. Right, yeah. Be surprised. So we go to the meetings now and again. The gatherings, there's about 20, 25 there. Right. And it affects... It's the family that they affect with them because there's, there's some young ones have got it who's struggling with it. Right. There's, I think there's a lad the same age as me, maybe younger than me. He's in he's in the latter stages. Right. He's struggling a little bit. The family's he's struggling. He's got it really bad, yeah. He's got it bad, yeah. He yeah, won't go yeah. out now, he's become a recluse. Right. Yeah, so it's that knock on, isn't it? It's not just thing, a... Dis- and what, again, the education, they've got, the police stopped them a while ago. Because they think they're drunk. Oh, right, right. Yeah. 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 the police's fault, they just see someone staggering in the street, don't they, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been tested? No. Do you want to? No. Don't want to know? No. If you don't want to ask what about your sister? No, she won't. Don't think no. so. Don't. No. Just don't wanna just carry on with life, innit? You just Yeah, yeah. And it's literally just a fifty fifty shot. Fifty fifty. Fifty fifty. Two jeans, fifty fifty. Oh right. Yeah. And when it stops, that's it. So right. if, if Yeah, neither if Yeah, it doesn't have to go yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. With if 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 the rain didn't have it, then they wouldn't have it. Yeah. hundred percent. And that would be stopped there. And but like I said, you know, with the half glass full thing, me, I think this, the progress they're making is unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I don't think they're following. They've actually got a picture of it, believe it or not, a microscopic uh, oh, digital right. picture. Okay. Which they have. Of that build up of protein. Of, of the protein builds it. a funny shape. So they can know what it is. They, it's, it's it's hard to explain about it. They can't get to it or get this. Yeah. The, the amount of trials they've done, they've got a really successful trial going at the minute. It's so successful that Pfizer have bought it. They bought the trial. Right. Now they buy it. Now they're just money men. They won't buy something that's not going to sell. Mm-hmm. So when, when someone like them or 
yeah. think, and I, I could be wrong here and doing a complete disservice to be, I work with a, a girl, Lorraine, ironically enough, and I think her mother had it, maybe? Watson's, oh, is it? The yeah, Watson's, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the yeah, same, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. I mean, again, I don't really know Errol and Lee, but I know of them, yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah, I think I recall, because I think they ran the Sahara or something like that, didn't they? Do you know, do you know 10 how, or 15 years ago, I think, to raise awareness of I, it. Yeah. I done, I was on their first um, charity night they'd done, right. for Lee, up at the, it was at the Summerland, and I was boxing kit and all that, and a bit of shadow boxing, someone doing a bit of football, and, and, and it was, I'd never heard it before, it's ironic then that right. my wife has it. Yeah, yeah. His mother had Huntington's disease, she died of it. Right. So he's dead. Yeah, so that was the charity right, that yeah. I'd done for him. Right. That was nearly 20 years ago, that would have been. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we were talking earlier uh, about your role now as boxing. Uh, I don't know, you'll correct me on the title for the Northwest. So talk about how that came about, really, and chat a bit about what you do now for that. Well, I was helping out in the region anyway. What it is, the, the, the country's split to different regions. And the Northwest region is probably is the biggest region in in the country. I mean, it's one hundred and ten clubs, and uh, I've been helping out on the regional coaching with the regional coach. So I'm now assistant to regional coach, and have been for a couple of years now. And uh, a couple of applications come up for England for an England job, and I've never thought about. I didn't. Oh, I know it meant too much for me, and I didn't didn't think about going for it. So I was recommended. I didn't actually apply for the job. I was recommended. It was called it's called regional recommendation. So I got a letter from England coach. Would you be interested in a up and coming role. There's 62 applicants going in. The, the applications, I think it was 14, were getting picked out of that there. A uh, couple of interviews and a couple of assessments. I thought, well, do you know what? I'll, I'll have a go with this. I'll, I'll try. Went with the interview. All went down really well. Got a couple of assessments. Then we last, and I got, got let's say, I've, I've been narrowed down to the last 32. Yeah. Out, and there's, there's, there's probably 12, I think, we're going all together out of that. And I went to um, Army Barracks in. Up near the northwest, that was called northeast. Catrick, is it? Catrick Barracks. Went to Catrick Barracks, and it was brilliant. The whole set was absolutely fantastic, but it was quite intense. So I met about, I met, there was eight coaches from the north and eight couch, coaches from the south, and they're going to pick out them who, who were getting through. I was first in, I was first up, <laughs> but I was glad because I didn't have a, to see everybody else in front of me. Yeah, yeah. And the hall was absolutely massive. It was, it was an army drill hall, it's a boxing ring in the middle. It was where the under 21s were training that day. They were going to Azerbaijan for the championships. So they were in there, 32 of them, and there were six different stations. So you had a drill to do each each station. Like the, and, and on each station, there's two coaches with a notebook watching you. Okay, and so you'd was, have a, yeah. a a boxer there and then go, you I'd do this, yeah, do that. Right, two right. boxers or a drill, and they'll tell you, they'll, like the first station for me, so I had to do a pad session, an attacking pad session with a, a southpaw, which was the most awkward box you can ever get, but teach him how to do orthodox. And he was a decent kid, he was a good lad. So I had him first, and, and the... And they don't say nothing, the coaches don't say nothing. They say, yeah, okay, move along. But I was all right. As soon as I'd done that, I was comfortable. Yeah. I went to the next station, the next station, and the third, and I think I had a rest station on four. And I got to the fourth station, I seen two or three other coaches behind me, I was watching them, I thought, one was struggling, I thought, well, I'll definitely get better than him. Yeah, I'll yeah. get through him, and that's it down to three and four. And I, I was comfortable with it, and I got to the end, I had a little bit of a, uh, a chat with the, the head coach at the end of it all, and they had to take you down for your car, because you're an army base, and you can't go and get your car yourself. So he said, uh, yeah, you, he said, you've done really well. I said, I can't tell you how you've done. He said, but I think you've done really well there. The fellow, I, I boxed him actually, Army versus Navy way back mm-hmm. in 88. Quentin Schillingford, he's one of the bosses there. Brilliant, really good. And uh, he said, oh, you've, you've done well there, Pete. He said, how would you work it about coming over, you know, and all that? And he's asked me a few questions, a couple of leading questions, I thought. I thought, well, I hope you give him the right answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, go, getting across won't be, be an issue because I'm away all the time with the boxes anyway. Got in the car and that was it. He said, well, you'll, you know, at the end of the month, 
massive. I thought, I thought I'd done all right, but you know, there's a couple of good lads in there, and I don't know what's down south. There could be good, eight good ones. Yeah. You know, I'm only taking twelve altogether. And I got a letter this, on the Monday. All mm. I seen, I read the letter. And I thought, oh, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the um, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just seen welcome to the team at the bottom. Nice. And I read it there. I thought, this congratulations, you've come through. Um, just come for a final, uh, uh, not an assessment, an interview with us, and pick your kit up. All right. Okay. I went to get my kit up, and I swear to God, it was a big massive box full of tracksuits and t-shirts, and well, that was worth it. Well, and then I got a job straight. I got, went down to um, Salisbury Plain then to do uh, a weekend. It's called a recreational uh, weekend with um, England with the England team. So they're all new coaches, I assume. In that, we had, in no, that there was week. a lot. Of, there was a couple of coaches. There was three, three new ones. I was one of the new ones. Okay. There. And we went there. It was like a six o'clock start in the morning. It was army camp. I was quite used to that. I, I enjoyed that. Stayed in the army barracks for the weekend. It was brilliant. Right. Really comfortable with it. I'd done the run in the morning with the boxers. I got up in the morning, went down to the track at six o'clock, got them warmed up, done the sprints with them, right. took for the breakfast, then another coach, coach took over and done the second phase. Then the third phase was the drills and skills. Then we right. all joined in for that. All right. And that was just day one, day two. Then we done it. The only thing that is a little bit annoying, not annoying about it, you've got to watch who's listening to this, is there's too many meetings. All right, okay. Or they just drive you crackers. You'll do a session in the morning, then you sit down and you have a discussion analyze about the session it. and you analyse everything. But it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, the more you do, the less analysis you do you'll do probably one a day then and you do a pre-session in the, and then you do a post-session and then you'll yeah, sort yeah. it and it's, it's brilliant and, and, and is that a fixed role for a certain period of time or it's, what's the well what it is we, a year you, you've got three or four different you've got like OTDs which is Open Talent Days which you'll have lads from different clubs coming in to try and show you their skills so they're worthy getting on the England development first to the pathway coach is what I'm doing now I'll look to identify individuals who may have slipped through the net like it's easy for at the higher end. It's easy because you'll see you'll see the ABA champion. He's going to get in the England team. Have a look. You'll see the finalist. He'll more than likely get in the England team. Then you'll get the two semi finalists round him. We'll assess one or two of them or two of them. So that's pretty easy. But around the chase and pack, you could have a really really good lad who got beat in the first round by the champion. Yeah. Okay. So the only person that's beat him is the yeah. champion. So he might deserve another shot. Yeah, yeah. So then he'll go into the OTD. His club will his club will apply for him. They'll say such and such got beat by the champion. Can we put an application? Put an application in. We'll go do them. We'll assess them. Then they'll go to another assessment, which is called an RAG system. There'll be three or four coaches look at them. They'll get marked on that there, and if they're successful on there, then they'll get put onto the development program. Right. Okay. That's, that's that's the pathway to lead so, up with. So, how how many times are you away going to do these camps? Probably three to four times a month. It, it, oh, right. Before the lockdown, I got my scenario tab and I was away every week for March and April mm-hmm. which I didn't mind because I'm brand new to the game and I want to get out there yeah. I want to you know I work myself I'm my own boss so I can fit, fit it in around, and it's yeah. mostly all the weekends anyway obviously I've told England I can't do midweeks because it's costing me not a day it's costing me two days getting on off the hour yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're really really good I mean, my, my boss Amanda Colson she's my boss she, she's brilliant really really good mm. Um, like I was away in Leeds in Birmingham gym just before the lockdown we've done an assessment there there was like 72 boxes there and then she'd ask, she'd say, right, I'm, I was due away on the 18th. She said, but it was also an assessment day on the 19th. Can you do both? I said, well, it's easy for me to do both because I'm in the UK for two days. So I, I work it that way. So that's, that's how my programme was filled in for April right. and March, March and April. And, and boxers to get onto that pathway, what, what you know, when they're, when they're let's say, signed up, what, what's the process for The them? process is they'll, they'll do training camps two or three they'll do two or three open training camps which is days day there day there then they'll do a residential camp which will be a weekend 
and they'll be assessed over the weekend. Now, some might not fit the criteria, right. and we, that's when we have our coaches' meetings. We'll say, how did such and such get on? It, and it's also what they try to do is not have you coaching your boxer. So yeah. there'll be three or four coaches with boxers on it, and they'll, they'll be with other, other groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I might say, well, he was all right, but he was late every morning, or he didn't bring his kit. Yeah, so right. they get marked down for that. Now, and then the, the next person, well, they might get dropped from the team, or they might be they might have come as a spare just for a sparring partner. I think, well, hang on, he's very, very good in. Yeah, Let's yeah. give him another chance. So they'll assess him over a couple of weeks. Then there'll be a competition put in place, right. England versus Wales or England versus Scotland, a home nations match, and then they may get selected for that there. Okay. And they see how they perform in that scenario against the I assume this is all happening in that amateur rank. Oh, yes, it's yeah, all amateur, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah right. It's all amateur. And and that's, the idea yeah. is that is ultimately a stepping stone for someone to go at some stage or want to be professional. Well, everyone does, but we do, we're trying to in, in, talk with England now. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to talk about professional boxing because it's totally different. Right. Your, your, your England progression would be your GB. You box for England, you want to be for England and Scotland, Wales. Okay. You've got four nationals there, four national champions possibly vying for a place in the Olympic Games. Oh, right, okay. So there'd become a stage where England box Wales, Wales will box Scotland, Scotland will box England. They'll all box each other, the top will go through. Now, you know, we'll know that. The coaches will know who the best in the country is. Right. But you've got to, and there'll be a, there'll be a process of, a point system process or a, a, where they go to progress to the to, to GB squad and they're going to the, the uh, GB development squad and then they get on the podium squad right. there's two squads development is trying to get there podium squad is actually your boxing there'll be three of you on that Right. so there's three potential so what you're hoping for if you're on the podium squad is the other two get injured yeah right <laughs> or, or something like oh, that yeah, right. or they lose form yeah right they lose form um, and then they'll they'll vie for, for a place in the Olympics mm. they'll all try and qualify and they'll not all qualify but they'll put three lightweights in or three middleweights in and maybe only one, or maybe all three will qualify. Then right. they'll have a problem to. What's the uh, what? What's a qualification standard? It's boxing world world championships, European right. championships. You've got to right. get into that bracket, win a couple of worlds, win a couple, of, come back with European medals. Right. Okay. You know, right. once you get your medals in, in your medal count, and there'll be there'll be a system which is how it works at the minute. But there'll be a system. Some of them have qualified now. They've got so many points to qualify. Like I think we've got twelve qualifiers now, England. Right, so as soon as then it's down to selectors, selectors. Down the selectors, yeah. Right. And there may be a scenario where two might be, and you're gonna to have to see yourself who we're we gonna take. Right, that's just based on the selectors' call. If the same way, they'll box them off. Oh right, okay. Box them off. Wow, wow. So it's a fair way of doing it, isn't it? It's a boxing game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it takes all. Right. So, so just to go back to the the question around that role you do, will that just be? Is that you do this for a year and then move? How does how does your career develop in well, in, in I, regard to then coaching and? Yeah, I'd like to push on to, to do to do more because I'm I'm loving it, mate. I'm just absolutely, absolutely fantastic for me. It's it's, it's you know it's, it's a brilliant job, um, getting involved and also learning off of the coaches, and yeah. there's, there's more to it. There's just more to it than just coaching. When you look at think that about the, you know the, the paperwork, do the preparation they do, the application they put in, it's it's a twenty four hour job sometimes, um, and I'd like to go down that route. Obviously, to get up to the GB set up and all there, it's a different level. I, I've only just started the England job, so I'm not going to be. Oh, I'm going to be. I'm, I'm brand new at the game, yeah, yeah. so I've got a lot to learn myself. Even though I've been in the game forty years, yeah, yeah. I've still got a lot, lot, lot to learn. And there's some good young coaches in the game at the minute. But so, hopefully, they'll pick experience over over you sometimes. So when you look at, uh, if we look at roles you have, so you know, I suppose locally, I guess you're tra- obviously training people. Yeah. Are you there? Uh, again, there's, there's running in the gym and training 20 people. Are you specific people's trainers as well? So Yeah, I, I can do that. I do that. Well, Daniel does that as well. We like one-on-ones right. up there. I'm not a big fan of one-on-ones. Right. I'm not a, well, a bit disrespectful for them when I come to use it. But as a boxing coach, yes, for an individual. 
small groups out there and like I'm trying I'm again talking with England and I'm trying to identify what we've got in our gym it's only small compared to what they've got in the UK but two or three of our boxers would not look out of place in the England setup. Okay. So my job now is, or my aim is to get them to that standard. Yeah, yeah. So the first step would be regional. So I get them to the regional. I've got we've got four or five lads on regional. Go 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 to regional train anyway, which yeah, I'm yeah. a part of. So I've got them in there, and again they they'll look a lot better than we've got some of them. So the next step would be for them to move on to England Talent Day, and I think once they get there, not just talk. I won't mention individuals could be unfair. Once they get there, I think they'll grow in themselves because yeah, right. of the surroundings. Because yeah, yeah. they'll start thinking a bit bigger themselves. So when they come back here, they think, "Well, hang on, if I've got an England vest, that'll make your box a little bit better." Believe yeah. it or not, yeah, yeah. I'm not just a gym boxer anymore. And it's just trying to implement that mentality in them at the minute, get them to think bigger and yeah, yeah. what's around them. And at the moment, I, so the your you run the boxing club over here, yeah. Alman Box. Is that the only boxing club on the Alman? Or is there no, more? there's two. Okay. There's two now. There's a uh, Vikings. Uh, Vikings. New Horizon. Right. So there's one. They're only brand new though. They've, they've, they've just started off. They've got a couple of good lads. They've, uh, right. they'll, they'll pick up. And do they then, is there an Alaman Boxing Association yes. then? Is there, right? Yeah, so the, the club sit under the association. Yeah, we sit under the association. I sit on that, that uh, committee as well. Right. So ideally for Commonwealth Games levels and stuff like that, there, we'll sit as a committee. Um, we'll put our recommendations forward. They'll come and train at one of our gyms and then, then we'll assess them and see their eligible to go to the Commonwealth Games right. and then they'll go through the process of being selected yeah right yeah. okay and to go back uh, uh, Danny to your pro you fought a guy uh, I've got Stevenson in my head is that the right name have I made that up completely I might have made that up completely you had a fight in Liverpool didn't you not massive amount maybe a year ago was it yes pro fight yes how uh, was that my last one was it Dwayne Green Green yeah right um, yeah like, like we go back to before about the journeyman Um an average journeyman would literally just basically they'll just cover up and just stand and just sort of throw throw a few out and but I think my f- first three fights I've had people that have actually come to actually have a go yeah right but it, it it keeps you on your toes and to be honest I wouldn't actually want to box someone who's just literally just gonna stand there and yeah, cover yeah, up because yeah. it's 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 a waste of time really um so yeah no it was quite exciting my last fight to be honest um it was funny his nickname's Mad Dog <laughs> so um. Yeah, it's funny. You just you just hit him and then he just like he do this bounce and he just come charging at you. Oh, right. So you'd have to keep on your toes and literally the last ten seconds of the last round, your headbutt being cut my eye open. Oh, nice. Right. So um, hence his nickname, Mad Dog. But yeah, so watching watching that fight back is funny. Listening to the commentary and stuff. Right. Um, Where was it? That was in Liverpool. Uh, sorry, the arena um, of what's it Olympia. Is it the Olympia? Oh, the Olympia. Right. Okay. Olympia. Right. Um. So yeah. And you weren't on that on points. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So just to chat then about points in general, that uh, seems to be certainly you watch boxing on TV and sometimes a bit of controversy around that. Yeah. Do judges then look at fights because a judge might prefer a more defensive type of game? Might you know give points differently to someone who we talked at the start about offensive defense? Yeah. And that's why there's obviously sometimes these big gaps between. Yeah. We what you know as a punt you watch a fight and think well he hammered him but. A judge might go the other way. You could talk yeah. all day about judges, yeah, and, right. I'll, and, I, and, and I've done a judges course. I was just going to ask that question. So I've done a I? judges course, and 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 you look at it differently, and you get the armchair fan who sits there and his underpants and his smoke control. Yeah, right? me. me. Like, well, I got to use on, but yeah, and he'll say that's a disgrace. That yeah. how's he won that? Yeah. But go back and have a look at the foot. Hang on, did he hit him? Now the the scenario to to score was hitting a opponent with the knuckle part of the glove with force. Yeah. 
Right. So when you see a boxer and they go, ah, nah, 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 nah. all the gloves. And yeah. they're all, oh, he's, he's hitting 20 times there. Yeah, he probably right. didn't hit him once. Yeah, yeah, put right. him on the gloves, there's loads of slaps. But there's always a knuckle part of the glove with force. That's a, that's a Is that anywhere on the body, though? That's the yeah. face area right. and, the, and to the torso area. Okay. Not including the arms and the bells. Oh, right. So their arms are in, yeah. then that wouldn't count. Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget, when, you, when, you, when the professional judges are judging, and, and, and early career, in, your early, in the early boxing, Careers now, uh, boxing's boxing. The, the judge, the referee, sorry, will score. The, will score the bout. So he yeah, might yeah. be able to see throwing a couple of body shots in. He's too close. To yeah, always around the side. Or yeah, one yeah. Uh, of the judges doing it. One, two, three judges spaced around the ring. That judge might see everything, but yeah. not see the body shot that this judge might see. Okay, so the yeah. scores will all be a little bit different. So when they say, and, and and I've done it, I've scored. I thought, yeah, I've got red up here about four nil. So, so I've got them. Do, I've got them down two one and right. well, different so angles sometimes. Yeah, well, right, right, right. Yeah. So it's not that easy. Right. And there's no easy way around it. They try that scoring system where the, the clean blow. Have you ever seen the, when you go back to the Olympics a couple of years ago? It was that's what we had in Pune. In Pune, you have a, With, uh, two screens. Red oh, screen, right. Screen. And it lit up. five judges. That's how they work. You've got five judges. And it's a push-button system. Red, left hand, blue, right hand. And you, every time you see, as a judge, him score a blow, I'll hit red. Yeah, right. Red, red, red. Okay. What happens if you're right-handed? Presumably right-handed, and your yeah. hand's quicker than your left. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now all three judges have got to hit that button at the same time. Right. Hit another scoring blow. Oh uh, right. Out of the five. Now out of the five, only three will get recorded. Only three go to the signal. Yeah right. So two might be scoring correctly, one might be a little bit jittery with his left yeah, hand. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. say that. So you know it's debatable. Usually the right man wins all the time. You know, and you see some robberies, and, and it, it's going to it's it's going to go forever. Yeah, you the can't. Really is a box, especially the pro game. Yeah. Now, the pro game is a little bit different in the fact of, especially now, if Matchroom have a boxer who is a golden boy, boxing on a Matchroom show, Matchroom pay for Sky TV, Matchroom pay for the judges, pay for the referee, and who's going to win the fight if it's yeah, right. Do you think that Matchroom. happens to you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it does happen. Of course it happens. Right. Of course it happens. Right. You'll see how does that happen. And, 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 you know, and it's part of the game, you think the homeboy will get it. Right. If it's close, the homeboy will get it. Right. That's why they say boxing away from home box. It's different in boxing. It's like that. You mentioned earlier when we were talking about uh, amateur and pro and the difference, and you mentioned about ticket sales, and uh, I felt some uh, touch of uh, anger. Maybe I don't know if that's the right word, but of uh, that the driver isn't necessarily about a good boxing match. Maybe there's other drivers in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes the best man doesn't get to the top to start off with. Right. And it's just a little bit. It's, it, You'll have some good lads there out there. That can't sell tickets. You can't sell tickets. Right. That, but you could have a potential world champion. You, you, you couldn't fill a phone box, and he's not gonna he's not <laughs> gonna get fights. Right. They won't do it. Is that just because like maybe publicity or maybe is it, is it, maybe, you know they come from somewhere maybe, where it's maybe, maybe he hasn't got maybe, that financial yeah. background? Maybe he's a quiet lad. Just, maybe he's yeah. a quiet lad. And he can't sell tickets, and he doesn't yeah. go. And you've got to think a professional boxer shouldn't be out in the limelight partying every night of the week. So he's not gonna have a big group of friends. Yeah, have right. a big group of gym friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and and you know, in the sport, and they say, "Well, go and watch him. He's good." And well, I don't know about that. I'm going out tonight, and but if he's personal to you, you'll go and watch him. Yeah. But it's not personal to you, you won't go and watch him. So the to the the promoters will say, "Well, you sell tickets. I'm not interested in it." Yeah, Some yeah. lads that aren't actually that good. We know a few could now. Sell like three hundred tickets. All oh, right, okay. Better forget the fight. Yeah. Well, I know a few now, a few pros now. I think to be honest, again, no names. Some are awful. Yeah. But they're selling five, six hundred tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Promoters dream. Yeah, yeah, right. And they're going to get, and they'll get wins. They'll get wins. 
Yeah, yeah. He's won five in a row. He's great. Then he's not. He's crap. He sells loads of tickets. Yeah. Like he says, well, yeah, as a bo- as a boxer, really, you want to be focused on just boxing, don't you? Not what yeah. can I bring along to the party? Yeah. That's what the pros. But like. it should That's level out. It should level out the further you go in your career. Yeah, yeah. It should level out because the best will beat the best eventually, and the, and the best usually do get to the top anyway. Yeah, yeah. If they stay at it, but it's, it's got to be frustrating. Like I said, that lad in Liverpool, he, he really good amateur, decent pro, and he's just posted this week. I've got to go on the road, right. and that means he's going to stay in the game. But he's just going to have to, you know, take his ambition off being a British European champion and just try and make it in the yeah. in the journeyman stakes as it is. And if you had to write yourself a bio of how you fought your type of style of boxing, etc., how would you write yours? I'll let him answer. No, no, I want you to answer it before he answers it. <laughs> um, Hectic. Uh, I don't know. Sort of come forward, counter. Right. Um, I don't know, I sort of mix my style up, I think. Right. Orthodox or... Yeah, also that I can switch as well. So right. I, think, I think I can... So that's for those that don't know, I don't want to, but that's basically, you understand that. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, switch over, yeah. Yeah, right foot the front or left foot the front. Yeah, it just confuses them sometimes. Right. Um, I'd probably say I was more as counter Why does it confuse? The way you've got to come in and stuff. You oh, can't right. just step in or you're going into the backhand, you've got to step out. Because this, this hand's exposed rather yeah. than this type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, because you don't uh, step into their... To their their backhand right okay keep out the backhand right so okay if you switch and they've got to think what guns away then right okay because they've always got to be trying stepping away from the Step incoming away, swing yeah. right yeah. okay for, for keep away from the backhand right powers. can most pros switch no no it's, right. it's difficult it's a real what? difficult skill right it's a real difficult skill and are they then usually like is it ambidextrous is that the word Do you it's, it's how they've started as amateurs yeah. i've said this i mean when you first start boxing the first thing they do We've got a few novices in the gym now. And the first thing you do is stand with the right hand forward because they're right-handed. And I'll say, oh, what right, hand you okay. right with? Yeah, no, and what you do is, as your first level one coach, you'd say to a boxer, come into the gym, stand with your feet, feet shoulder-width apart, put yeah. your both hands in the air, tap whatever hand you're right with onto that leg and take a step back with that leg. So that's your strongest hand straight away at the back. Yeah. So your, like, your weakest hand will be your front hand. Your yeah. front hand. Oh, all right, okay. And then your back hand, your power shot. Yeah, yeah, that's how I. That's how yeah, I'm left-handed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But to switch over with 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 equal amount of pressure and power on hands is a difficult task, mm, especially right. halfway through a round. It's, it's difficult. And there's a lot of it in the hip. Loads yeah, feet. All, all about the feet. Right. All about so, the feet. Yeah. Forget about the hands. Mm. Put them in your pocket. People think they load up and. So, really. Yeah. You can you can box your hands down. Right. The most I say to people the most important thing in there is your feet. Get them wrong, you you'll get an early bath. Right. Hands up. So go and talk a little bit about that. Just being on the toes, being able to. It's being ready to move in and move out of danger. Right. You know, um, supposedly defensive box as well. They will be on the. We call it on the back foot. Right. You can move on the back foot and you can throw your jab out. Score on the back foot. Counter on the back foot. You have right. someone chasing you constantly. You so would Mayweather be an example of that type example. of thing? Right. Okay. Very as a defensive box, would probably write one of the best. Right. Unbelievable. He could sit on the rope. With his hands down, still okay. Hit right. The way he moves his body, moves his shoulder across. Yeah, I see quite a lot of his yeah. shoulders. Slips his shoulder. Right. We'll have an aggressive style boxer like Triple G or someone who or Pacquiao, perfect example, will be front foot boxer. Right. Actually made for each other, to be honest with you. In what offensive, sense? Well, offensive and defensive. Right. Okay. But Just um, then a matter of knocking count- each other out. Yeah. yeah well, Mayweather's counter punching is exceptional. 
but not a generally heavy hitter, is he not he's considered? He's not a big hitter. He's not just wearing. When he does, Precise, it's timing. Yeah. Right. But when you look when he knocked Ricky Hatton out, that was all about timing that. Yeah, right. Just a little lean back of the left hook, spun off the left hook and that and walked into it. Right. But you sent that off the whole fight. You, you watch the fight, you right. see See, that's the thing I think it's interesting where, I'll call myself in my underpants as an armchair watcher, <laughs> that that's the things I don't see is yeah, that yeah. as the game, as the yeah. fight goes on, they're, they're learning what's going on which you, you think about up, in yeah. doing that in that environment when you're getting your head kicked well yeah. your head hit and uh, to, to, to be able to that that's it's such a massive so I think I personally think a lot of observers of boxing would just think you know it's just two people batting the yeah, shit out yeah. of each other when mm. there's so much technical mm. aspect to be able to do that yeah. under the pressure mm. under the lights and while you're trying to duck things and go I'm seeing a space here or, or yeah. you just got to open things up try yeah. things to make, make, them. make things yeah, happen yeah, right. I say make things happen yeah. right. especially the more experienced boxers be able to lead somebody on. Oh right, okay. To make them make a make mistake. Make a mistake, yeah. right? Right. Seem some and some are a lot easier to do than others. Right. Some are quite unpredictable. The ones you box who are quite novice, they're unpredictable because they don't know what they're going to do next. Oh right, okay. So you think, well, what's going to happen here? Right. But the ones who are really clever, you'll you'll notice a lot of top amateurs when they get to the top level. Years ago, it was all point scoring system. The fights were boring. They'd win one nil. Right. Or, or they work because they just cover they just cover up and count and count and count and be off and be boring right. but the, you, the brand new kids who come in they oh, straight they can't wait to back each other 100 mile an hour right. and you try to score one of them bouts so, toss a coin <laughs> so I assume now you, you guys are watching boxing matches you, you can see yeah. the yeah, stuff that us, us underpants people can't yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but do you know what I, funny enough I, I, there's a lot more thinking in the game now I watch Josh Warrington and I, and I think it's the pressure that man puts you under how can you defend against that? It's undefensible. Right. I've not come across chest. him. Oh, right. Just, tap going. You have a look at him. You go, unbelievable. World champion. Right. He, the pressure he keeps you under. You can't make. You can't make a decision. It's hard to make a decision when someone's that close to you, and you move away to get a decision. He's still on top of you. You know, I'm throwing quality shots as well, and he's. Oh, he's probably most exciting at the minute. I'd say. Yeah, he's just, fit, he's just fitness. Right. Level of fitness is up there. Right. Different level. I saw uh, that's the and it was one of the questions that I'll ask it now is your favourite ever fight outside of your own obviously uh, what would your favourite ever fight be because I don't want to tell a story about my favourite ever fight that I've watched watched yeah 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 oh, watched yeah. live wherever well, what, TV live whatever was Tyson Fury and Wilder right. I'll tell you why Go on. I won 1300 quid on it <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, Fury I was because it was 6 o'clock it was 10 to 6 in the morning and I was getting the boat Right. At half six, I was bouncing around like loons. Next one, maybe just thought it was a fight going on. <laughs> and when he when he stopped it, I was just like, "Who's it? A thirteen hundred quid? I won on that." But it was exciting for the way it was. Yeah. Right. Technically, tactically, Tyson that good. Everything bang on. He does look very, although he looks a bit. Yeah. As again, as an observer, yeah, yeah, not yeah. particularly the kind of thing he looks a bit. He got but you can see right. he moves yeah. moves away. Yeah. And when you watch, when you're watching it. When you're watching it, when, you, when I see that first round, I thought he's got everything right here. He met him in the middle. Just of the don't ring. get caught. He met him in the middle of the ring. He made him make mistakes. He pushed him back. He was just not getting caught, I guess, by Wilder's. And then when he, and he punched, he was surprised. He knocked him out, but he just yeah, he yeah. looked strong. Looked strong. I always think Wilder again, not 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 no not right, no. but he doesn't look particularly fit ever to me. No, he's he's get deep into a fight, he just looks I, knackered. I, I, I think he'll struggle now. I just don't know how he's got that far. Yeah, yeah, that's that yeah, that's, that's, it. that's he, all he's, he's got. He's yeah. average and he's a yeah. very, very powerful man. Right. So um, you consider that one of the favourite fights just for the pure technical yeah, aspects yeah. of Tyson. Yeah, he got, just got it all right. He could yeah, yeah. years to see some of Hatton's fights out there. And, but, oh, what about well, you, I enjoyed Danny? that one. I enjoyed that. What about you? What stands out? Uh, probably Reece, uh, probably Lomachenko and Campbell. Right, okay. 
When was that fight? I'm not. That was last year. Right. It's just because they're both technically so good. Right. And it was literally just brilliant. You couldn't see any mistakes from either of them. Right. But then obviously I liked um, Anthony Joshua and Klitschko. Right. Okay. Yeah. That was exciting. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I go back to watching a fight. Uh, Kalzaki fought a guy, um, Lacey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Just because you talked about fitness, yeah. and just for twelve rounds, yeah. he was he looked fresh, the, the fresher at the end of the fight yeah. than at the well, beginning. He just totally schooled. Yeah, yeah, Lacey yeah, comes yeah. the next best thing, and he just absolutely schooled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the thing that stood yeah. out to me. Just how you just so intense. But I wondered. You mentioned earlier about gaining points and. Because he was so, I didn't know how much Kalzaki was hitting hard wise in in that fight. It's flurries, isn't it? Flurries, yeah, yeah. Flurries. Well, I presume there has to be an element of power in there, I guess. But, yeah. but to say a lacy's face at the end of it. He said he does a lot of slapping Kalzaki, but I wouldn't right. like slap off him, would you? Like <laughs> a lot of one hand, isn't it? Oh right, okay. Um, I think I read an article on Ranker.com earlier, and they were talking about the. the so he, well, the I like your guess who the who they who. So it's just voted by the public the best ever fighter. Was rank, you know they put it in ranking order, and uh, Ali Ali won it, but it was a category for most underrated fighter, and Kalzaki won that. Yeah, I think yeah. probably because he, although he was undefeated, wasn't he? Yeah. Maybe they never got the adulation. He, he, he didn't come into to, to the American scene late till very yeah, late, very yeah, late, yeah. late. Yeah, very late. He was uh, quite underrated him and uh, unappreciated, I think, at times. Yeah, brilliant, absolutely fantastic. So I want to add and again ask you first, Annie, about mindset. So uh, being a boxer again, you see. Uh, you know, take a lot of punishment uh, and talk about the challenges you do. Is that something that you, I suppose you're aware of as a boxer that you need a, a chunk of? Um, what do you mean? Like, so just you know, you get knocked, I don't know how many times you got now, but you get knocked down, it's easy not to get back up, or you're taking a lot of punishment. There's that self belief that you know, I know where his cracks are, I can, you know, I might, you know, during a game or a fight, you're thinking I'm behind on points here, but. I know I can catch him here and here, and that yeah. that mindset of believing that you can always win. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I've, I've been in some wars in the amateurs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I've boxed a lot. Of, like I say, with my weight and stuff, a lot of the bigger lads, always the bigger lads. So I've always had to try and put it on them. And but I, I've done. I just just go forward. Right. <laughs> if, you're, if you're down, you're struggling. Just just go forward. Right. Just get your head down and go forward. Yeah, I've always had that. And do you see that in coaching people like a difference between someone who could be good and could, yeah. m- might not be? We've got a lad now who's, who's a perfect example. Yeah. Um, I don't want to mention the name because I like lad. Um, he won't listen. Right. He'll just go with one every time. And sometimes right. to his detriment. Sometimes he'll he'll do well out of it. But then it's just it's just that mindset. And, and it's a great mindset, by the way. It's the work, the determination yeah, to get yeah. to, the, to the end product. But uh, you could just do refine it a little bit, yeah, maybe yeah. talk a little bit more defensively. And right. that's what the problem with kids is these days, especially young boxers who fit and athletic, athletic and they, they want to go for the knockout. Now, knockouts are rare in amateur boxing. Knockouts are quite rare. And as a, as a coach, I don't really, really like to see knockouts, to be honest with you. Right. You know, it's not, I don't know, it's, it's about scoring points, being hit, not getting hit, evading the punches. But a lot of them want to fight. Yeah, yeah. People say, oh, you're teasing kids out to fight. Believe you were not. Kids know how to fight. Yeah. Every kid knows how to fight. It's just that some choose to and some choose don't do. Uh, and so you tell a kid to try and pull it back a little bit, and that's that's the winning formula. I think if you can, if you can refine them to do it when they when they have to do it in the right areas, then you've got a bit of a winning mentality in the, yeah. in the place there. But but like Daniel says, yeah, um, and sometimes it's a good attribute if you're behind on points to keep going because don't forget this other fellow's going to feel the same as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he thinks, well, I need a bit of a break here, 
and he's going to give me a break because he's going to lie off in a minute oh hang on he's on my chest I can't keep them off what I'm going to do maybe yeah, it's time yeah. I took a knee or look for a way out yeah right, right. so it's having that drive that mindset to keep going forward and sometimes it's the right thing sometimes it's the wrong thing but I like to think a bit more technical sometimes yeah okay and then uh, concussion in general yeah, it's a it's a big it's a big point now. We've done a lot of this. I've done a professional course four four years ago. It was um it was called a, it was a cut management course, use of adrenaline, cut management and identification in the corner from early from early signs of um, concussion to uh, bleeding on the brain. Right. Really, really intuitive, brilliant, brilliant to do. I've done it at the professional gym, and uh, it's this way. I think everyone should do it. Every coach should do it. Should do it somewhere. Should fit in somewhere. Well, you can tell a box in the corner how responsive he is or isn't. All right. And some kids are just like that. They'll look through you. Or some kids, you think to yourself, if they've had a bad fight, especially in the pro game, not so much in the amateurs. Um, and the referee's usually on the ball anyway in the amateur game. He's took a bad knock there. And as a coach, you'd say, right, he's had enough. We're not interested in the win. Let's get him out of there. Let's yeah. keep him safe first. And safety is the first priority, especially in this game here. Yeah. Pro games, you've got a lot of maverick corner men and a few of them have been done over the years. For oh, right. You don't want a brave corner man. You certainly don't want a brave a brave boxer you're going to get. But a brave corner man, you know, get the boxer out. I've seen, I've seen it happen all too often. Cause I also guess financial um, implications may cause an issue. Like if there's, you know, someone wants if to win in finance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone wants to win, he's not going to say he's out. Yeah, but yeah. like you say, someone that man's gonna presumably course, say, yeah. "Well, yeah. let's just see if he might actually yeah. fluke it in the next yeah. round or something." Like that, and, and, he can, and he can get out, sort of thing, rather than it's been done money, money over health yeah. and that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, history it's yeah. been done. You've got the no hope of getting battered for ten rounds, and they pull a super punch out of the eleventh and they win the fight. Extremely rare. It does happen. Extremely rare. But if someone's hanging on for dear life, for this, and they've been beaten already in the sixth or seventh round, and this is round ten, and that corner man still, that corner man should be put in jail. That's it's disgraceful. Because yeah, right. you, because you've, I've seen it. You've seen the, the Americans are terrible for it. They sit the boxer down. There's four or five. And they're all screaming. Knock him out. Do this. If the boxer says, if I could knock him out, he'd jump the first round. You know, give me some yeah. proper information yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, to stop getting hit. Basically, so so, so corner men need, need to be need to be told. So is that, is that maybe like 15, 20 years ago? Again, maybe Matt and I compare it yeah. to the NFL where there's a, an element of macho of I want to keep going yeah. Yeah. and you need to go and look. You'll see it now with the with, with the rules, the new rule now in concussion, isn't there? Right. They've yeah. got to come off the pitch now. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's taken out of their control. Yeah, and the doctor yeah. says, if the doctor says that fight's over, that fight's over. Mm. All yeah. the money in the world, all the promoters in the world, won't, won't, that won't go on. That will not happen. The doctor And the doctor should be should be on the ball. So, you know, he's shown that. He's... Dilate, dilated pupils. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. if you're talking to someone, the pupils are still dilated. Blinking as well, is he? Don't need you. Blinking, a lot, lot of blinking. Right. Early signs. So even right. if you're man saying, "Yeah, we're fine to go," that doctor can come over. And say, yeah, says, yeah, they, but they the referee will usually nine times out of ten say, "Have a look at him." Yeah, okay. Cut or so the cut. They're the obvious ones. Yeah, a big yeah. massive cut above your eye. Now it could be a massive cut, but it's not bleeding. If it's a world title fight, and there's only one round left. More times they'll let it go ahead, especially yeah, yeah. if you're the champion. If you get beat anyway, then it's a good time to call it off. Yeah, right. But to one, it's the damage you don't see. The the the, the boxer being irresponsive, not uh, not you know slurred vision, after uh, slurred speech, raising right. his eyes are dilated, or fixed fixed pupils dilated, yeah, yeah. not responding to the corner. You think let's let's get the doctor over. I'm not right. Yeah, but for yeah. the sake of what a couple of rounds, a, a win and losing record, 
And we, I mean, now one of our podcasts recently we were chatting about chatting to Connor Cummins about like risk and, and him, what he does. Do you look at that as boxers the same? It's it's a, there's a calculated yeah. risk here, but I know what I'm doing. I feel I can protect myself, and therefore there's a, like I'm gonna come across the road tomorrow. I might get hit by a car. That same, you just feel like you're in a risk management. I don't. Position. I've never sort of thought of that way. No, right. the boxer no. doesn't. I don't think the boxer no. does because the boxer's in the boxer's body. And I've done it at, at that level, and, and he's doing it at that level now. You, you, you feel invincible. Yeah. You know you don't. So it's up your coaches to take a hold of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's why that's when your matchmaking comes in, and the sensible matchmaking. If you're gonna now, he's three fights as a professional, three wins. But I certainly wouldn't put him against Ricky Hatton or Mayweather. You think well, no, because he's not ready for it. You might have Ricky now. You might have <laughs> run, run, run away from him. Hit him once and run away. Probably the same way anyway. <laughs> yeah. for, for example, you know, he wouldn't put a, a, a top class. 25 undefeated professional boxer yeah, yeah. It's not, it just wouldn't happen or he might think yeah I'll be alright he won't hurt me right. and then you'll that's bad management yeah, yeah. Get hurt. yeah I also guess if you're in in the fight itself and you're more concerned about getting hit yeah then you're already going in with that's the wrong it. mindset yeah, already yeah, 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 worried yeah, yeah, already yeah. so it's yeah. wasting time yeah. you see I've seen it with lads now and I've told him he, he'll, he sees it now when he warms lads up to go into championships it's won a lot in the changing room sometimes yeah. right okay and you see the thing and you, but you don't want to say nothing he was right. like the championship last year and he was warming up in the championships last year and he was going in and he wasn't even looking at me on the pads right. like, oh, we'll, just, we'll just manage this we'll just manage it make sure he's safe it must be quite hard as a coach though as well because obviously you want the of course you do yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. or you want them to but, win but outside of it you want the overriding yeah. health of them that could yeah. change in the first round yeah yeah he's, he catches he's him gonna, he's going to with a switched off mindset sometimes I've done his pads and I know exactly what, I know exactly what he's like yeah, since right. he was a kid so I'm doing pads and I think I'll stop doing pads now because it's not getting anywhere you go in the ring and after the first round, he'll switch on himself. Think, it's oh, getting that, that first, but it's actually getting punched. That's first. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're just on. Then right. you'll switch on. Then just you'll know you've got a response. Right. But, you know, it's the change rooms is a big thing. Getting that fully so, well. Yeah. I saw uh, or I heard a news article recently, I think it was in UFC, where a guy, I think it was UFC, not boxing, he came to his corner at the end of the round and was like, you need to pull me out. And the, yeah, his and manager they, wouldn't let him pull, no, the pull him out. Like, yeah. no, you've got it, you've got it, you've got yeah, it. And he was like, no, no. And he pulled himself out and has been praised for it. I think, yeah, because Dana White praised him. Yeah. Because obviously, again, it's a macho thing where it's yeah. like throwing in the towel, but he threw in his own towel. Yeah, uh, yeah, but the, so but the corner man wouldn't, or whatever no. they're called in UFC. Yeah, because yeah, the corner was like, no, you've got this, you've got it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. but no, he was getting his head kicked in, apparently, yeah, so literally. literally. Yeah. 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 So then drugs in sport, is that a problem in boxing? Uh, it's, it's, it's getting yeah. out. I mean, that baby Miller's just been caught again for the third time. Oh, he should right. be banned for life. I mm. absolutely 100% can't stand it. Can't stand is he a British boxer, is he? I don't know. He's that American. Name. Oh, right, okay. He's done it once, got caught, let off, done it twice, got caught. Got a bit of a six month suspension. He's done it again. Right. No, this is fifth fifth time. Fifth, fifth, right. fifth, fifth time. It's just what 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 is that drugs to help you recover to train quicker, train it's, harder, it's, or is this to bulk yeah. up or training the drugs they yeah. use right. because they become then you come of the drugs they, they take. Some it, it, it's different for everyone. A lightweight would probably take different drugs than a than a heavyweight for, for mass body. Yeah, weight. right. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. I just don't get it at all. If, if someone gets caught with drugs. And beats an opponent. What happens if he kills that opponent? Yeah. Does he get done for murder? Because yeah. he premeditated drugs. He's yeah. premeditating it. it yeah. I, can't, I can't stand it. Yeah. It's, it's bad in the game. It's bad in any game. I know it's, it's bigger in other sports and other sports. Um, it, it is a problem in boxing. It's, and been, it's been highlighted. And testing wise, what's is there any amateur level? No, uh, international. Yeah, yeah there is. International, right. yes. There's random um, urine samples, urine test, blood tests. Uh, professions have become so a little bit Would that be random more, at competition or out of competition? In and out, if right. you're boxing internationally, you could come to They a, knock on your door. What the pros do, 
they, especially when it's a, a championship fight, they'll just knock on your door. Right. You've got to show you show them you have a a card, your training card, right. for example, you're boxing for a title fight, and it'll be a six week or eight weeks camp. So you start your card will start Monday to Friday. There's your camp. Where where will you be on Wednesday? And they should, you know they are, they'll check your weight every two or three weeks. Make sure your weight hasn't you haven't lost too much weight, and they'll just come in randomly and do a drug test. Right. Uh, two or three, maybe. Yeah, after right. Boxing at three or four sometimes. Right. Before and after, especially after. If you're boxing in a national tournament for England or, or any national team, you'll you'll most certainly get kept behind to get a drugs test. Right. Straight after it. Straight after, after it. Fight. I've heard of boxers, I've heard of other actually waiting three or four hours in the change rooms because they can't can't go. Can't yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for a drug sample. Yeah. They do it in two Puni, there's a few in Puni, weren't yeah. there? At, yeah. Right. At junior level. Right. It should be more prevalent. It should happen, and it should be the consequences should be more severe. Yeah, right. 100%. And is that just? I presume it's better than it was in regard to cracking down, but just not. They're just not strong enough, I assume. I just think it's the game. It don't it, we're hearing the bad side of it all the time. You see, who's we? Sorry, it's, who do you mean by? Again. Who do you mean by we? As in, oh, the, the, the boxing. Sorry, yeah, the boxing okay. game. You hear of a few incidents, and then the WBC or the WA will give them a six-month ban. Right. But they go and box somewhere else. Okay. Or, or they won't box oh, every right. six months anyway. Right. So by the time the training camp's over, they're ready to box again. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not strong yeah. enough. Right. Not strong yeah, enough. no, they need to, you need yeah. to send a message out. I don't hear that. Again, I follow a bit of boxing, but not a lot. You don't hear a lot of drug stories. No, there's not which, really. Which, you know, na- your natural instinct is it's a clean, yeah. but maybe they're just yeah, not yeah, testing yeah. enough. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I again, I come from a cycling background yeah. where it's obviously been hammered for 15 years and they're tested, you know, you know, hundreds of times during the year. And you've got the, the, the Russians with state sponsored uh, drug. Yeah, have you seen that movie? Yeah. I haven't seen it, no. Oh, I think Carl Chris. Nicholas, sorry. What's that called? Nicholas. Oh, All right, yeah. yeah I think it was drunk. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, unbelievable. Well, it's, um, it's a normal for me. So, your future then, Danny, what's the plans? I appreciate you probably not in it, you know, still, well, not over here in lockdown, but generally. What's, when's the next fight or when do you want a yeah, next I'm fight gonna, or? I'm just currently doing because um, we've just got our new gym um, so I'm currently just doing my, my gym instructor and personal training course at the minute Okay. just to run the, the new gym downstairs um, once they're done then I'll probably get my head down again right because mm. hopefully I'm in the gym full time now so I'm not working I'm not going to building sites so I can actually train more yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's not like uh, hopefully it won't be a struggle so. right so then it's just finding finding opponents I mean how do you go about that you know you decide you lockdown finishes in six weeks and you go promoters you manage right, yeah. right. and uh, who's that for you uh, Steve Woods VIP promotions right okay um, and not knowing is that a local thing a UK thing yeah, like that? Manchester UK, yeah. right okay Northwest, yeah. right. Um, so you'll just say I'm looking to fight in X period yeah. six months you've got to make yourself available first yeah. right okay once you make yourself available then your coaches Whoever you deal with, they'll inform the management committee and they'll say, right, we've got six or seven shows this year. Um, let's try and get them on this one, that one, that one, right. this one. Or, or what's going to happen now is going to be very difficult because you've got about, he's got 126 professional boxers signed up. Bit too much for me for a promotion company because you, you, you take the emphasis off the individual then. You're just one of 126. Yeah, unless yeah. you look after him and you're over here and you've got 120 yeah, in yeah. Manchester in the area who sell more tickets. Yeah, right. Um, but then you make yourself available tell the coaches yeah he's back on the scene medicals and all that once that's all done and then, then they'll just say right well we've got something coming up soon in right. pool, or let's get them on the card there that's how it works then they'll say right there's your there's your phone and tickets go and sell them right. don't bring any back oh really yeah. life, you know? and uh, you know I assume if you have 200 left what's that your, what's your what's the story there it just comes out your bones oh right. oh right you give it back and do you win if you don't want me asking do you win more for winning than not winning 
No, it's a set fee. Not right. Set fee, yeah. Right. Okay. More tickets you sell, the more money. Oh right. Okay. So it's like cut the purse. Ten percent of your ticket sales, you get a ten percent. You have an allocated amount. Say you'll say eighty tickets. So your average will be eighty tickets. Anything over the eighty, you get a ten percent bonus. Oh right. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. You're trying to push for tickets as well as training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're worried about selling tickets, yeah, 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 yeah. We've had, we've never really had a problem with tickets, have we? No, we've done well with tickets. Yeah. I was gonna say yeah, because I take it the tickets you sell are for fights here then, or no, when you go no, across, because that's no, what I was no, gonna say. I guess it's harder hard, for you as well, especially yeah. since you're the boat not from. Yeah. No, we've done alright. The first one was like two twenty, I think. Right. Done well, really well. He was the he was the biggest crowd in there. Right. more than the local lads so oh, it's, right, okay. it's good so good yeah. weekend as well it's good it's, it's good it's good if it's not every week because it's a bit of a day out for everyone isn't it yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, that's what I'm yeah. thinking now yeah, yeah take a few of those you know you just go away with some of the boys you've got six weeks notice right. you say right you'll buy the ticket takes 40 quid uh, book your boat book your flight or your boat uh, your hotel and then the big weekend of it yeah, and yeah. then it becomes a good weekend it's if you get a little bit too more regular, you can't ask the People same person to go. People struggle to go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's yeah. Not, the ticket itself is not the problem. It's the accommodation and the travel. Yeah, the flight home, and that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Appreciate no it. It's really enjoyed. interesting yeah. and, and yeah. a bit of schooling in boxing as well, which is yeah. always good. Yeah. Yeah. Keep up with obviously the good work with uh, with England and thanks obviously helping much. people yeah. locally. I think I'm sure people want to get into boxing. It's get, get in touch with you guys yeah. at the club and get involved. I assume that's the way. Come down, yeah. We've got um, a website. We're well, just going on our Facebook page, Manx Amateur Boxing Club website. Oh, we've got another one now, haven't we? We've, well, we've currently just got a new gym, the Alman Boxing Fitness Academy. Okay. It's down yeah. Hills Meadow. Okay. We'll add yeah. some links into the footer. Yeah, yeah. Right. And what age can, can parents fire out their kids to you? Eight. Okay. Eight upwards. And we're starting, we're going to do it, but not just yet till this is cleared out, this coronavirus thing's cleared and everyone's on complete unlockdown. We're going to start doing an under 10, an under 8, sorry. Right, an okay. Introduction for under 8. Okay. The thing about amateur boxers you can't box competitively till you're 10 anyway right mm. so kids have a very short attention span we don't want them in the gym at five years old wait until yeah, they're yeah. 10 to box because they yeah. just lose interest yeah, in boxing yeah, yeah, yeah. so we say eight a couple of years then they're, then they're and obviously to, to parents out there and stuff it's obviously a very safe environment that you're it's, working it's in safe. And, yeah. we, we encourage parents to come and have a look ask any questions you want to ask we can give a full write down of what they're going to do. and we've we, I don't encourage we, what it is we don't have parents in the gym this is an ABA directive they've had troubles across with parents, parents scrapping coming to the gym and just trying yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not fair and it's not fair on the, on the individual because yeah, yeah. they want to impress and they'll, but we've got a big screen downstairs big monitor they can see what's going on upstairs. oh right so okay everything's said have a cup of tea and watch what's going on upstairs. yeah okay alright it's all good and at that, that, that kind of age you just teach them bits of techniques yeah, and kind just, of the um, basic learn, stuff learn to learn I say learn to play right okay yeah, first stage of long term athletic development right you know, okay well, again, it's discipline for discipline for kids, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, 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 you know, and we've had a lot down there. I know, go on about it. And said, this kids have trouble at school, and this kids have trouble at school. We've never had any issues down there. Yeah, yeah, right. They know they're in a you know safe environment, and it's a disciplined environment. Well, they won't get away with messing about. We're not school teachers. We're all volunteers, but we expect a little bit of discipline off them. Yeah, yeah. And they respect. do the all they go on with it. Yeah, and, yeah. And they like, and, they, and some kids, some kids turn around. It's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had letters from parents saying, "Oh, thanks very much." My lad never boxed, or my girl's never boxed, but she's loved being down there. She's been down there two or three years, and she's a different person, or a right. different person. Yeah, and right. that's that's more rewarding itself than getting. I'm sure it is in the ring. It's brilliant. So just on the girls' side of it again, it's a lot more. You see women's boxing yeah. on, but it's very much encouraging locally as well. Yeah, we like I said, I was involved with the female boxing in the region before I went onto the, the male side about four years ago, and the transformation from what it used to be like to what it's like now is absolutely fantastic. 
we've got some good girls down there. You had a regional right? champ, I read somewhere, didn't yeah, yeah, I? Jade, yeah, Jade. Jade yeah, right. Um, but we've got some young, young girls. Jade's doing really well. Um, she's actually still in the ABAs, although they've been stopped. We've got to wait for the restart area, so she's still in, she's in the quarterfinals, national quarterfinals. Right, okay, good. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That's good. Hopefully be our first female champion. Good, good. Like I say, yeah. keep up the good work yeah. there and Thanks good luck on, on yeah. with the career and stuff. Thanks, Thanks for Cheers, lads. Cheers. Cheers. No, no, pleasure. Do you want to check us out, mate? Yep. So wherever you're listening to, please like, share, subscribe and leave those five-star reviews. Pretty please. Social media, Facebook, we're the M Word Podcast, Twitter, Max Sports Pod and on Instagram, the M Word IOM. Thanks, sexy people, for letting us get in your ears. It's word out from mom. And word out from Matt.